0: Listen, this is ian lee bbc three counties radio i had the joy of a gentleman spitting at my car on friday wasn't that pleasant wasn't that pleasant he then uh, went to threaten me i thought he was going to pull out a gun i genuinely did it was a piece of lego which he then tossed at my car thanks man the joys of driving in central london boy how have i not missed that Lots coming up on the show this morning. As always, keen to get your say on lots of these stories. So we're not sending military action to Syria. But what about the humanitarian aid? Would you send money to Syria? I've been watching this uh, series of Celebrity Big Brother, thoroughly enjoying it. There's a young lady on there from a programme I've never seen called Geordie Shaw. Never seen it. Well, this young lady, her name's Charlotte, she seems very pleasant and very nice and very attractive, but, well, she wet the bed the other day and she gets very drunk and she's a little bit thuggish. And young people looking up to her as a kind of a hero and values is what it comes down to. She doesn't seem to have any. Whose responsibility is it to teach their children values? Is it the teachers or is it the parents? And this morning we're asking, would you have a go? Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. You can send a text 81333, start your text 3CR and you can give me a phone call 08459 four double five five double five.
1: Across
2: beds, hearts, and bucks.
0: This is BBC Three Counties Radio. If anybody's seen this, Geordie Shaw, I've never. Seen, producer uh, Catherine's producing this morning. Ca- producer Catherine, have you yeah, seen Geordie Shaw?
2: I got into it when I was pregnant and couldn't sleep, oh, and good. I could quite believe my eyes. It,
0: apparently, some of the. I mean, this girl weeing in the bed on Celebrity Brother is nothing compared to the other things they do on there. It's
2: a shame they do seem to be learning, though. I mean, it's what, about four series in, and they suddenly appear to be learning that you don't shouldn't really do certain things, but they're learning slowly.
0: Don't, I If anybody... Thank you, producer Catherine. And, uh, the, the show today, what have we got lined up? Good, good one or a medium or not so good?
2: Uh, I'd say seven at this point, but you're bringing it up.
0: All righty. So keep, wow. keep on. Seven out of 20, by the way. That's the score system she works on. If you've seen this, Geordie Shaw, can you explain it to me? Oh eight four five nine 455 On to slightly more serious issues. Uh, two brothers from Luton have set up a Facebook campaign to raise money for the people of Syria. At the top of the Save Syria UK page, you'll find a bank account number, sort code, uh, which according to Ali Khan joins me in the studio now will channel funds towards the relief effort for civilians caught up in the crisis well this comes against the political backdrop of the u.s secretary of state john kerry saying washington has proved damascus used sarin gas last month while the syrian government insists any military action against it would amount to support for al-qaeda and its affiliates so the question this morning dear listener would you send money to syria 08459 four double five five double five. As I said, I'm joined by Ali Khan, one of two brothers from Luton, who started up the Facebook campaign Save Syria UK. Morning, Ali. Good morning. How yeah. much impact does all this, this political toing and froing that we've seen over the last week or so
3: have on, on the work that you do? Uh, I think uh, it's, uh, it's going to mount the, the amount of refugees coming out of Syria that's going to go beyond the limits. Uh, I had an experience of going down in Turkey mm-hmm. to the south of Turkey, and I've seen some of the camps there. I mean, uh, there's a United Nations report that says there's a two, two dollar two billion gap in the in the refugees, and I've seen these camps; they're overcrowded. Uh, they lack resources, and you have a lot of issue with injured coming all over the place. So describe the scene. You you went
0: to, to one of these refugee camps in, in uh, Turkey, yeah. obviously on the Syrian border. What, what was it like? What
3: did you see? Well, it's, it's like uh, camps, uh, to be honest. I've seen one family. Uh, they had about 28 people in the family. They just crossed the border. I've seen that with my own eyes. And it's night, around 8 o'clock. And you just can't. They don't know where they're gonna go, you know, because there's no space in the camps. So they're just lying on the on the streets. And I mean, it's uh, if you say Syria, uh, these are. It's not a third world country. It wasn't a third world country. So these people, they might have these gucci money bags on their shoulders, but they have no money to live on now. Mm. So the, the, the scale of the disaster, the emotional impact on them is quite huge. Now, you're not Syrian, so why are you getting involved? Well, I've seen that. I was in Turkey when I look at these Facebook profiles of people saying what's going on in Syria. Especially one of the guys he posted, look, these are the camps... Well, Turkey's camps are the best ones in among all of these. So I had this chance while I was in Turkey. It was just about, I think, uh, 55 pounds return to south of Turkey. So I just took the flight and went there to see what's actually going on. Because, you know, what we, we see is a to and fro in the news. Sometimes it goes to the political side and sometimes go to the humanitarian side. So I actually wanted to have a feel of it. Well, to be honest, it was too horrible for me. The site is too horrible. Mm. So your, the money that you're raising via your Facebook page, where exactly would it go? Well, we, we in Save Syria, we have started this campaign where we are actually encouraging and urging all medical people, especially doctors. Uh, some people have come forward, they're giving us, you know, these uh, medicines which are closing to the expiry date. So we are actually moving these medicines into the camps and also into directly into Syria via, via the IHH in Turkey. That's the only... So it's, it's, it's a, a, a primarily medical uh, equipment. And well, things. no, you know, the... Uh, the, the refugees in the camps more than three quarters of the refugees are women and children so it's also about sheltering them so it's increasing the camps And but yes, primarily it is medical, mm. if we say more than 50% is medical uh, the, 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 So there are, some of the people uh,
0: have argued that by giving aid to various charities that support Syria, in, in some way or other, you're supporting Al-Qaeda or you're giving it to some people who aren't very nice. Can, you can guarantee that if anybody donates any money to your website, yeah, it's not going to go to any naughty people
3: like that. Oh no, no, no! I think it's uh, it's it's just a political. Well, if you say someone is al Qaeda, I think there's nothing in there, al-qaeda it's the refugee camps and it's humanitarian you're just giving them out irrespective of their race religion or any other so thing. the money isn't just to clarify because i know that some people will be confused yeah. the money isn't going to aid the rebels
0: it's no. not going towards any military action within no. syria it's to help sick women it was help women and kids who exactly. need medicine and, and and things like that can you be sure ali that you're making a difference because there are so many charities yeah would it not be better uh, to give money to one of the bigger charities, like the Red Cross or something like that what yeah. what, what 's different about what you 're doing
3: i think uh, the, the the difference is because obviously we we are we have a hundred percent donation policy, so i 'm myself a qualified accountant my background is is quite settled, and we the the other other people who are helping us are also qualified doctors in the professionals, so we are actually ensuring that whatever money gets is actually going down straight to to the people in the camps, okay, that's what that's what we're doing. And
0: have you been back out to the camps since you started this yeah. charity to see what what effect you're having?
3: Exactly, exactly. You see, because the uh, I started this, uh, we started this effort in March. So when I went to Turkey, one of the reason I visited is actually to see where the money is going. Mm. So we have seen camps, we've seen medical camps, facilities running now. If people want to help and get involved, Ali, where, where do they go? What do they do? Well, they just give me a call, either on my mobile number, that's 074. Are
0: you, are you, I tell, let's not give your mobile number out, because, just because I know that listening to a show like this, we sometimes have some fruitcakes. Okay. And I would not want you to be the victim of, of yeah. my fruitcakes calling you up and possibly giving you views. So make sure we've got your number, and we'll sort that out. Is there, the, the, What's the website,
3: the Facebook page? Yeah, it's, a, it's a safeseria.org.uk. safeseria.org.uk. Yeah, and the Facebook page is facebook.com forward slash uk. Okay, well, Ali, what? Listen, I, did, uh, I hope you don't
0: mind me stopping you giving out your number. I'm doing that for your sake. No, no, that's fine. So, uh, I, I can understand. But that. listen, well, but best of luck with it. And um, you know, do, do, have we have we made the right decision not going in on a military level? Do you think?
3: Well, uh, to be honest, political side is not my mm. sort of cake. But uh, if I say, well, no, you know, there, there is if if a government starts, for example, we people living in the UK and the government starts killing us, mm. obviously we would want someone to help us. Mm. And this is the problem in Syria. You know, it's a hu- huge country. No matter whatever amount of aid we give, there is still going to be k- chaos. And if the, the action increases, like the government, the atrocious, uh, the things which the government is doing over there, that increases, the refugees are going to increase. And ultimately, we will have problem here because people are going to come here and mm. take asylum. So you need to stop that.
0: Ali, thank you very much for coming in. Best of luck, that's Ali Khan. Uh, give us a call. 08459 four double five five double five. Would you give money to Syria? Very Simple question. Speak to after this. Billy Joel. Would you give money to Syria? Humanitarian aid.
3: You
0: you Ali Khan there. If, uh, it sounds like he's making a difference. I was like, sounds like, on the face of it, a nice bloke trying to do something decent. We'll give what do you think? Would you give money to Syria? I know lots of you will say, oh, oh, oh hang on. Charity begins at home. Well...
4: Does it? Really? Let her know you need her.
3: Let her
0: know... 555. Are you heartless if you don't give money to Syria? Oh eight four five nine 555. It's coming up to 6.16. It's uh, BBC Three Counties Radio, and let's get the travel from, uh, a, well, a, a Twitter stalker of mine, Chris Humphreys. I'm watching you, Humphreys. I'm I'm watching you, Humphreys. Likewise, Yeah, likewise, yeah. I know, I know. Well, where you go, sir. I'm Chris Humphreys, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Chris. Dear listener, would you get involved? Oh I saw the Ruttles on Friday They were marvellous Morning this is Ian Lee BBC Three Counties Radio A new report from the University of Birmingham suggests 80% of parents believe schools should teach children character and values alongside academic study 87% of parents who spoke to researchers at the Jubilee Centre for character and values said schools should focus on character development and academic study in equal measure or well, Tom harrison is the centre's deputy director morning tom morning tom isn't this just parents passing the buck surely it's primarily down to them isn't it
5: oh i think we totally agree that it's primarily a parent's job um to develop the character of their young people i think what we just um or what parents perhaps are suggesting here within the survey is that schools also have a role as well
0: what well, what role do they have what would the parents like to see
5: well I, I think um from our research and also talking to schools is that um the balance has got uh, kind of far too too out of and um, place with um, the priorities for schools to actually um They're only kind of judged right now on how their academic results are. When we look at all the big uh, kind of news about A-level and GCSE results that we've just had as well. um, That's all they're ever judged on by by kind of um, Ofsted. And I think what um, parents and and other people have suggested as well are uh, are suggesting is that actually um, character, you know, how the young people are, what, what kind of values, what virtues they actually have, is just as equally as
0: important. But you can't measure that, can you? We need some form of measurement to to, to judge school's success. So so the A-levels and the GCSEs seems like a, a decent way of doing it.
5: Yeah, I mean, we're not suggesting for any reason that, um, that actually academic um, and, and kind of A-level and GCSE results in the academic side of schools is, is not important. It's obviously absolutely crucial. But what we're also saying is that the, the young people spend a huge amount of their time in schools every, every single day. Um, and they, they, these schools are a, a, a kind of very formative places that really do shape the, the character and, and virtues of young people. Um, measurement is obviously an interesting and, and, and kind of a, a, a challenging question when we're not actually necessarily suggesting it does need to be measured what we do feel is that um, it does need to be kind of a much more heightened focus on character in schools
0: and and w- would it be a lesson or is it d- simply te- because the thing is i remember some of the teachers at my school being right old dodge pots you wouldn't want to d- d- take on their morals or ethics
4: yeah. Well, I
5: mean, I think what we're saying is um, that character can be both uh, caught and tossed. I think most of it is actually caught. I think uh, most of it is, is caught by the, the, the school and the ethos, the school of ethos and culture, uh, you know, the communications throughout the, the school, the role modelling uh, done by teachers, etc. But we think there is also an opportunity in, in some lessons to actually teach character in a more discreet way through, through actual kind of particular lessons. And I've seen this done fantastically in a lot of schools, as well as, um, as an increasing number of kind of resources and materials out there for um teachers to actually use to they, they actually focus and give young people an opportunity to reflect on on who they are and and who they want to be
0: uh surely some of the the, the most important years of the first three four years before kids go into nursery and go into school they should have learned a lot about character and values and ethics then shouldn't they
5: yeah I mean I think again what i 'm trying to say is that I think this sort of thing goes on day in day out in in schools from preschools all the way through i'm not, I'm not I think we 're not trying to suggest at the Jubilee Center that you know kind of character isn 't uh, uh, you know uh, development isn't happening at schools all the time I think what we 're trying to say is that there's really lost any kind of focus on it and therefore it 's not given any priority or any value for it um, and um, what our feeling and it's been backed up very much by this parents survey is that um, you know, that given more focus and value on it hopefully we'll have a more productive idea of what actually kind of a full education means so we think it certainly happened but unfortunately schools are never judged on all the other fantastic things they do in developing a kind of well-rounded and young people ready for employment
0: Tom, thank you very much. That's Tom Harrison, uh, Deputy Director of the Jubilee Centre for Character and Values. Well, what do you think? After seven, we'll be hearing from parenting expert Sue Atkins. But what do do you think? Should teaching uh, kids' values be an important, uh, more integral part of school life? Should it be down to the parents?
2: Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. What? I... I'm left scratching, £85
0: million, he is Batman's cousin, that's, that's a true fact. Not the new Batman, not Ben Affleck, uh, the old Batman, Christian Bale, I think they're cousins or something like that, anyway. But even still, how can a man be worth £85 million? Can we get Jeff Doyle, the sports expert, on the show at some point this morning? I want to... He'll He'll. Ju- he'll oh, yes, yeah, it's fine. Oh, but perfectly justifiable. How can it be? If you're a football fan, can you give me a call, please? And, and to try and explain to me how this... Um, the bail gentleman is worth £85 million. 08459 455555. I just don't get it. I just don't get it. I wouldn't pay £85 million for one of my children. I'd go maybe... 20 quid i'm joking it's a joke for goodness sakes but i wait four five nine four double five five double five coming up in the next 30 minutes of the show would you have a go now that was chosen by producer uh, Catherine. good morning producer Catherine. good morning who are they
2: that's the civil wars
0: well, now, and you told me an interesting fact they hate each other they hate
2: each other's guts they've just won an emmy and and finally made it big but they split up oh because they cannot bear each other they apparently they made most of their album that they've won all the prizes for going in separately so it's not to see each other
0: quick list of bands that hate each other Simon and Garfunkel mm-hmm. Everly Brothers
2: Yeah Kinks Yeah
0: Oasis mm-hmm. towards the end the Beatles take that do They hate each other at some point though. Oh um oh wait 459455 5 star
2: no they didn't I think they Brothers always, and sisters. they always do
0: they, don't that's they? not yeah they always do a little bit I'm trying to think other ba- bands um
2: Go West I'm making it up now
0: you are being silly now. Oh wait, 459, 455, five, five. Now, the reason I've got your microphone on is not because we're a little bit lack on time and one of our guests has just dropped out. Well, there no, is
2: that too, but... Um,
0: ah, but, but something happened to you this weekend, and I don't yeah. mean that thing. The <laughs> other thing in the that park.
2: Yeah, in the park, I went to the park with my mum, and... It's not unusual these days To have to do a bit of a litter pick Before you can wade through Parks are the-
0: filthy these oh, days And you
2: know what We're opposite a big supermarket Oh jeez And the kids go in there On a Friday night And they fill their boots With all kinds You talk about
0: talk about values Right It's just You've got some rubbish, just put it, in your, put it in your pocket, put it in your bag, put it in a bin. I don't know, it's a bit old fashioned, isn't Especially it? Actually,
2: if it's effectively a big bag of family size shopping because they buy, I don't know, donuts and stuff, I don't know what these kids are eating anyway. So they're sitting in the park. I do know what they're eating actually because I'm picking up after yeah, them yeah. Um, bottles and, and bits and bobs into the microphone, my love. Uh, anyway, so mum does this litter pick. I was already in the supermarket, I come over. Yeah. My mum's like pushing the kids on the swing and said it was worse than usual. So, vodka bottles, all sorts
0: in my little playground, vodka bottles,
2: and also who write swear words on kids play. oh
0: it's man it's just so
2: horrible my little girl's starting to read and i'm having some uncomfortable lies having to tell her yes. about what things say yeah you know, involving male chickens etc so she's um swinging on the swings and Mum said it was worse than usual and she's fuming actually because it's not what you should you go to the park you shouldn't have to be doing the whole litter pick thing uh, you know uh, anyway so uh, she's done just this. we
0: do, just we finish at nine o'clock this I know. Morning. you know that don't she's you? done
2: this these girls pitch up after we've been there for about 15 minutes and they've got their shopping and they sit in a circle and I'm talking about probably 13, 14 year old girls very sort of nicely turned out obviously all text each other to meet up at the park I mean I could ask JBS to start half an hour later and um, my mum sees one of them chuck her litter over her shoulder she's talking probably about boys or, or maybe about an intellectual novel. Not probably about boys. So before I... In fact, I, JBS, said, I don't I bother this. coming
0: in. We're gonna, I think we might go straight through to Nick Coffer today.
2: Mum says, I had enough of this. I'm going in. I said, Mum, leave it, leave it. it. She's already there. And she has a go. A polite go. Yeah, but she had, nevertheless, she, she was firm. She, she said, look, go. I don't think it's very fair that I have to come here and I have to do a litter pick before we start because people come in and enjoy themselves and leave their stuff. So, girls, if you wouldn't mind, when you've finished eating your picnic, would you put it back in your bags and, and, yes. p- and put it in the bin? And they told her to jog on? No, they said. Oh, sorry, sorry. oh, really? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, fantastic! Yeah, so they come in with sort of um, side swept hair and a cocky demeanour, but yeah. actually, when they were told or asked politely, they responded fine. But I don't know whether I would have dared wade in. I was standing well back. I felt a bit ashamed of myself afterwards because I didn't stand next to my mum. I stood yeah. well back with the children.
0: <laughs> you, were, you were Judas. You... A
2: little bit, yeah. Oh, okay.
0: I'm going to turn your microphone off now. Thank you so would you uh, that would you have a go is the question is it would you have a go okay let's go to kelly betts who's out about morning kelly betts
6: mum, look i know it's not a real report no i know it's just what i've been sent out to do i know i I can't leave hold on Uh, kelly hello Hello?
0: yeah you're on the radio now oh sorry (laughs)
6: sorry mum. i've got to go all right love you bye Sorry, hi Ian Hi Kelly, hey. nice to talk to you Lovely to speak to you
0: So you've heard Catherine's story there Yeah Great. Great, felt like I was living it in real time Yeah,
6: I know, I felt like I was there Yeah,
0: yes uh, w- w- Would you ever have a go?
6: I would have a go we,
0: We've been asking you to ask people today whether they have a go What have they been yes. saying?
6: Well, some, lots of blank looks uh, Some people saying oh. what Some people saying no And one man saying Bedford Have Sh- a listen Oh, excuse me I'm from Three Counties Radio, and we were asking this morning, would you have a go? At? Well, would you have a go? At what? Would you? No. Okay, thanks. <laughs> Hi, I'm from Three Counties Radio, and we were asking this morning, would you have a go?
7: I'm in w-
8: going to work.
6: Would you have a go, though?
8: Yeah, i work.
6: You're going to work?
8: Yeah,
3: yeah. Would you have a go there? Uh, Albatford. Bedford.
6: Bedford.
8: Yeah, yeah.
3: Brilliant.
6: Thanks. Thanks very much. Hi, I'm from Three Counties Radio. Would you have a go? Huh? Would you Would you have a go? Biza. Would you have a go? No, I understand. Would you have a go? I
9: don't understand.
6: Anything. Oh, okay. So you would you or would you not? What do What would you think? Yes or no? Uh, what do you
3: say? You again, repeat.
6: Yes or no? Would you have a go? No, understand me. Yeah. You
10: don't understand. You okay. get do, you I say just answer? You know,
0: okay. <laughs> all right. Thanks. Carry
6: okay. on as you were yes hi morning I'm from Three Counties Radio and we're asking this morning would you have a go have a go yeah at would you have a go a what would you have a go
1: have a
11: go
0: at
12: what
6: would you have a go
0: a go at what
6: you're at a bus stop this morning would you have a go
4: you've lost us completely I'm
6: getting some blank faces so would you have a go or not do you know
4: depends at what
6: what about you
4: exactly the same question have a go at what yeah alright
6: thanks Hi, I'm from Three Counties Radio. You're standing here cleaning windows. Yeah. I'm asking the very important question, would you have a go? At what? Would you have a go?
13: Um, no.
6: Excellent, thank you very much. Hi, excuse me, I'm from Three Counties Radio, asking the question this morning, would you have a go? A go at what? Would you?
14: A go at what?
6: But Would you, if you had to?
8: But <laughs> I don't know what I'm going for.
6: But if you had to, Would you? I'll go to work now. So. Okay, thanks. Hi, I'm for Three Counties Radio asking, would you have a go? Sorry? Would you have a go? On what? On would you have a go? Would you? Would I? I would. Would you?
14: Oh, have oh, a go on what? But would you? <laughs> on what?
6: But would you have a go though?
14: But on what? I don't
6: know. But yes or no?
0: Yes so disappointing reaction there kelly not many people it seems would have a go is this real sorry
6: is this real are we on air
0: this is actually going out Brilliant. on the bbc oh,
6: that's excellent yeah disappointing reaction not many people would have a go most people would say what
0: not as disappointing as me finding out justin dealie wasn't in this week i know
6: oh, i'm sorry
0: yeah soz where are you off to now
6: uh, where do you
2: want me to go
0: um would you have a go thanks very much indeed Catherine it's a disappointing reaction isn't it
2: people wouldn't have a go my mum and Kelly would be the only ones who'd have a go I'd
0: you? have a go I've, I've had a go I wouldn't necessarily have a go if the kids were there but I have had a go uh, mm. uh, People, well I did actually once there was a gentleman um, well there was a gentleman smoking a drug cigarette at a bus stop
2: and I had. They the, think no one knows, don't they? They think no one knows. It
0: smells of drugs. It smells of drugs. It smells of Eastern mysticism and, indeed, a little bit of magic. It smells I was, of
2: a life going off the rails. Is
0: uh, what it to does. And, oh, yeah, that's right. It's not quite not the romantic image I just painted. And I was there with the boy and I said, um, mate, I don't think you really want to be smoking at a bus stop. Why not, man? It's good. It didn't speak like that. It's all he smoking a very... Why, why not? I said, well, because I've got children here and you don't want to be doing that. And uh, he carried on smoking. But I had a go. Yeah. I would have if a go. You
2: respect yourself for that. I
0: respect myself. I had a go on his drug cigarette. I didn't! I didn't for goodness sakes. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. The question is, dear listener, would you have a go? You can send me a text as well, Eight, one, three, double, three. start your text three CR. Or you can go to Facebook.com forward slash BBC three CR. Morning to listen. this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio 08459 455 555 Well, oh, the last, uh, last month about this time we had a call from Ramesh who was worried about bosses, buses stopping in the middle of the road in Lutonbury Park. Well, Ramesh told us that the area is gridlocked daily and bus passengers are risking their lives whenever they get on and off. Lutonbury Councillor Responsible Dave Taylor told us that the life at risk was nonsense, but that he uh, said he'd have a look into it for us. We'll speak to him in a minute. But first, Ramesh and his wife Habi are in the studio. Good morning to both of you. Good morning, uh, Ramesh. We'll start with you because I suspect that your wife may be trouble. Have has anything has anything changed since we last spoke? Come nothing. nice and close to the microphone. Nothing at
12: sir. all, man. No, nothing so just remind us what the problem was, what the issue was. You had the problem, was that they got to have a proper bus stops on the very park. Yeah, I mean, they made when they done this, they spend millions upon there. It's gone from where to worse. We mm. got to have a proper bus stop on the side. They made the footpaths big there, so they can put their shop display there. You know, there's no health and safety there, so they need a proper bus stops. I already spoken to Mr. Harry some time ago. He said, "Oh, we want to do it, but we haven't got the funds." So you imagine all the buses goes on the Bari Park Road. You know, I can mention the names of the buses. Every three, four, five minutes, going through there, and the traffic is standstill mm. you can work there how much uh, how many hours and how much petrol people burn in Barry park habi is ramesh ups, does he come home fuming at night
0: because yes, of this he come does. a little bit closer to the yes, mic thank you yes he does
9: you. i mean he's, every time we're out in the car as well and he's standing there he really gets cross
0: and you've so seen
9: it oh i have seen it uh, yes. d- d- do i don't drive to Barry park because it's disgusting really yes because we have to stand in the car uh, traffic behind waiting for the bus for the passenger to get on the bus before they can move the the bus stop should be taken inside the curb so there's enough room for other traffic to flow swiftly
0: realistic though Habi, realistically though is there anything that could actually be done to make that traffic move better
9: well a little while ago they were trying to fix their road if they brought the curve higher or lower, I, don't, I can't remember. But yeah, yeah. instead of doing that, why didn't they take on the inside? Because they had already started the work.
7: Well, we can,
0: we're joined by Councillor Dave Taylor, who can uh, speak to us now. Good morning, uh, Dave. Good morning. Dave, uh, d- so d- d- nothing, has, nothing has changed? Nothing's been improved?
15: Yeah, no, nothing, nothing has changed at all. There's, 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 there are no real problems. Um, one thing I, I noticed um, when I saw the information that you gave that buses are stopping in the middle of the road to load and unload passengers. That's not the case. They're stopping at the kerb and they're stopping at the bus stops to load and unload passengers.
0: Well, you're saying there's no problem, Dave, but I, I've got two people here. Uh, uh, Habby, d- tell Dave what the problem... Sorry, you can't hear. P- pl- pl- sorry, please put those headphones on. I do apologise. And, and uh, Ramesh, if you put those on. Uh, Habby, Dave is saying there is no problem. Buses aren't stopping in the middle of the road. You tell Dave what the problem is.
9: Have you gone to Barry Park? Have you stood behind the bus?
15: Yes, yes, I'm down there on a regular basis, in the car I'm walking.
9: Yes, but the bus is standing there at the bus stop, letting the passenger on and off. The traffic is standstill. They can't take over the bus because there's oncoming traffic. What are you talking about? There's no problem.
15: Yeah, there isn't. I mean, there there is congestion in Bury Park at particular times of the day. Um, Most of the
9: time of the day. I'm sorry to interrupt. Yeah,
15: yeah but that's that's nothing to do whatsoever with, with buses stopping to load and unload passengers.
9: We're talking about the traffic standing because yeah. the bus stop are not being taken inside yeah. like they were before.
15: Yeah. yeah. The reason is that well, when we did the refurbishment a few years ago, mm-hmm. um, it was discovered that people were parking in the bus lay all the time.
9: But so, then you need more traffic warden to tell them not to park in the bus lane.
15: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's right, I and mean, we were doing that, but it's a battle that we couldn't win. Uh, the problem was that there was consistent parking in those lay so buses were... So there. you they
0: gave
9: you, Dave,
15: you... They were stopping in the middle of the road to unload passengers. Dave,
0: you gave so up, up then. The you gave up Sorry? then. There were people breaking the rules, and you gave in to them.
9: You should well, find no, a solution for that.
0: It's constant. It's, it's constant. <laughs> what, we, what we're doing at the moment,
15: are you probably aware of? We're doing camera enforcement in certain areas around the gyratory.
9: But it's um, not. Hang on a minute, hang a minute. Have you Let me finish.
15: And that, that is certainly solving the congestion problem around the Nadine Plaza because of indiscriminate parking. And I think that's that's part of the problem that you've got in Barry Park is is, is, is cars indiscriminately parking all over the place. Um, but I've watched the buses load and unload. Some stop for only a few seconds. Dave, if, if cars are parking,
0: the Dave, if cars are parking where they shouldn't park, you slap yeah. tickets on them, you send them fines, you tow them away. That, that, that's what happens elsewhere in the country. Why is that such a problem where we are? Yeah,
15: I mean we don't we don't tow vehicles away. Um, we what we what we did, well, it, it's,
0: well, it's Maybe you problem. should. If yeah, they, people, the, when I used to live in London, if you parked your car in the wrong place, you came back, your car wasn't there.
15: That's right that's right but if the vehicle is still there it still stops the buses unloading, unloading and loading at the bus layby um it's not a problem it's it, it, you know and I've looked at it I've looked at it several times and been over and over this again um, it's a myth to say that buses stopping to
0: load and unload passengers are causing traffic problems in Bury Park, because they're not. Okay, so, uh, Habib, it's a myth. You are making this up. They are not causing traffic problems.
9: Okay, next time we're on the bus, I'm going to uh, time, see how long the bus stop is, bus is stopping at the bus stop, and then we'll come back on the radio and tell you. Because yep. I don't come to Bury Park, the reason is I'm spending too long waiting in the bus, I'm not shopping
12: yeah why why can't yeah, we it, have it, it, a proper yeah. bus stops my friend
0: yeah why can yeah. well, pa- is asking why can't we have proper bus stops yeah
12: they are they are proper bus stops no there's not pra- why you want them big footpaths there you know the people can put their displays there why can't you move the bus stop no, in into no.
15: it the wider
12: footpath would help pedestrians but, but hang on, excuse me sir what pedestrian are you talking about? People, yeah. the shopkeeper putting their, their displays all over the footpath. They, you can't even move in there. No, they're not, no, you they're haven't not got on. the guts to tell not. them off or do anything.
9: Okay. No, we've done read. that. We've, we've, we've tackled that problem. No, you haven't. No, sorry. you
12: haven't. I'm sorry, sorry mate. <laughs> Dave, listen, basically, at the end of yeah. the
0: day, we've got two very unhappy customers here. We've got uh, the, the Habi and Ramesh who, who, who uh, and th- I'm sure there are other people out there, and if there are, 08459 four double five five double five. if you know this area of, uh, of Luton, you can let us know what you think, uh, who are unhappy with the traffic build-up uh, and the way this has been managed. But you're not going to do anything at all. You don't, you, you yeah, don't think I there's mean, a problem?
15: Uh, there are traffic problems in Barry Park, and it's usually due to the sheer volume of traffic. If you take out Eid and you take out one that's a formal match, at peak times <sighs> there, there is a problem with traffic. Okay. It, it,
0: it, yep. Dave, listen, I appreciate you said you'd come back on, and you did, and I always respect someone who says that, so thank you very much for yeah, your time uh, this morning. Yeah. Okay, C- the Councillor Dave Taylor, uh, we're, we're running out of time very quickly in 20 seconds, Ramesh. Happy with that? No, I'm not happy, no He's talking rubbish thank you for minding your language there (laughs) (laughs) I know I know (laughs) Habi you've got 20 seconds what would you like to to say
9: just uh, they're telling Pibs they're not doing anything about it there's many issues in Barry Park especially for the pedestrian as well when there's loading and unloading Mm -hmm. I've gone through there in front of one of the shops I'm not naming any shops there's only enough a room for one person thin to get through hmm. because they got em- display this side empty box this side right. I have seen mothers with push air go into the road hmm. and walk to a crossover he's talking about he's talking nonsense so Okay, we well, have
0: to thank you thank so much you. for coming Habi and Ramesh if you know this area this stretch of road what do you think uh, do you agree with my two guests in the studio or do you agree with councillor Dave Taylor 08459 oh, five nine four double five, five, double five. let's get I'm still on the radio you two for goodness sakes button it let's get the travel news now <laughs> Good morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Finding the weather confusing at the moment. It was cold Sunday morning, then I put a coat on, then it got really hot. I took my coat off. I mean, it's not a, it's not really an anecdote, wouldn't open with that, but... Confusing weather. Lots coming up on the show between now and eight o'clock. We're not launching military action in Syria, but should we be sending humanitarian aid? Would you personally give money to Syria? Values in the classroom. We're hearing stories about kids chucking rubbish everywhere, looking up to these people from Geordie Shore. Well, who should be teaching kids values? Is it teachers or is it the parents? And can anybody please explain to me how one man is worth £85 million? I'm getting loads of calls on Berry Park as well. i don't want to talk about anything this morning. I'm not fussed. Facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR. You can send me a text, 81333. Start your text, 3CR. Or you can give me a call, 08459 455 555.
2: Across beds, hearts and bucks.
0: This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Kind of on the subject of values, I've been watching Celebrity Big Brother because I don't like it and stuff. And there's this girl in there, Charlotte, from Geordie Shore. What is she, 23? Something like that. She's a kid, really. And she's very attractive, she's very funny, she seems like a charming person some of the time, but then other times she seems like a horrible little... Well, Broken Britain, I described her the other day. She thinks it's funny to get, like, not just drunk, but, but she, what she she call it, mortal. Here we get a mortal. Which just means crawling about on her hands and knees and collapsing, falling out of bed and weeing the bed. So, I, I, I've not seen this Geordie Shaw. Apparently this is nothing compared to what else they get up to on there. If you've seen it, could you phone up? Bearing in mind we have young ears listening for another two days. Can you phone up and let me know what Geordie Short is all about? Uh, Martin Luton hello have you ever seen Geordie Shaw no I wouldn't watch that programme like you it,
16: it sounds awful
0: well I'm tempted again
16: it's parents isn't it
0: yep down to the parents you can't hit them anymore can you well I would oh. what the parents either one ok now uh, we're talking about Bury Park we just had uh, Ramesh and uh, Habby in uh, the, the, the Councillor Dave Taylor saying there's no problem with, with the traffic and what goes on there what do you think Matt do you know the area
16: Oh, very well, yeah. yeah. I used to work in Berry Park years ago <laughs> as a butcher. Oh, yeah. The meat and uh, we were allowed to go a meter outside the shop. Yeah. Now they're allowed to put their wares wherever they want.
0: Ah, these are the the, the street displays that, uh, that Dave Taylor was saying aren't a problem. They're not taking up too much of the, st- well, the street. Well,
16: Dave Taylor must go around with a white stick then.
0: Well, he'd bump into them if he, if well, he were. he's a disgrace, to guy. Really? Yeah. He he. You go down there
16: and open his eyes and they get away with murder.
0: He seems very keen and very enthusiastic and he well, seems to honestly believe that there wasn't a problem there.
16: Ian, you're very keen and I'm very keen, but let's well, have rules for one and rules for everybody else. So what You did, know what I'm saying now, don't you? Um, so, what exactly have you seen there, Matt? You walk down there. They're delivering their wares, like greengrocers, and they're halfway out, well, three-quarters way out the street. And I, I, I say, how can you do that? I've asked people. He said, well, we put our wares where we want. I said, well, we used to have a, a, a one meter, was exactly one meter from your, your shop front, and that's all you were allowed, because it, it, it's it's pedestrian area. And now the buses, they can't get the buses cut in properly, so you're going to get congested
0: he's going off on on a slight but yet related tangent uh matt the thing i was in london on friday night i I hate london at night time it's horrible but i've noticed they're doing this in london and in other places where outside pubs they kind of um put barriers up outside pubs to to kind of saying oh we're this pub we're the saint george and we own this bit of the street I, i think that's a little bit obnoxious isn't it have you seen that no,
16: no, but this is what's happening in Bury Park. We no. own this area. Yep. We'll do what we want. The council will won't stop it because if you know why. They I won't don't... stop it. And it will never, ever change, think I... I... change the rules. You know why what? Because it's, 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 it's it's, they're all Asian shops, so ah. they're all sticking together
0: Well, hang on a second, Matt, hang on a second No, 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 no The couple we just had in, you may not have noticed But they were an Asian couple I
16: know, I'm an Irish person And I will moan when I want to moan
0: Okay, And but they're I, right Yes, but I, I, don't, I don't think it's, it's because they are all Asian shopkeepers That this is being allowed to happen Is that what you think?
16: Sorry, Ian, you have you been to Bury Park lately? Not lately, no well, you ought to go down there and have a look. I, we used to have
0: shops there, but... We? It's now changed. We used to have shops. What do you mean by we used to have shops? Well,
16: there was Junas, Baxter's, uh, Fred News, the Greengrocers. We all had to
0: adhere to the rules okay. of the... the and you're suggesting, because they are Asian, that they do not have to adhere to the rules? Exactly. Well, they don't adhere to the rules, so. Okay, Matt, I, I'm going to let you go. I, I don't think we can blame it all on the Asians, for goodness sakes... Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five Shahid's in Luton. Good morning, Shahid. Hi. Ian Good morning, Shahid. Or you, Bury Park? What are your thoughts? Right. So um, I, I live in Milton Keynes, but I come into Bury Park to do
17: some shopping uh, more often than not. But I avoid it like the plague. And Why? Purely because of the congestion. Doesn't matter what time of day I seem to hit it. When there's a bus going down there, you cannot move. Get down Berry Park Road because of the traffic. And then if you do finally find parking in, a, in an approved day, uh where you pay for it and all that good stuff, which are very rare to come by anyway, um, when you go on the pedestrian stuff, you can't move for love because of the shopkeepers having all the stuff out. So I don't I don't I don't agree with what Dave was saying, that the resolved both issues and there isn't an issue because there, there is very clearly an issue for someone who comes from not again so, the, so, so there
0: so are there. two issues here both of which councillor dave taylor has, has said aren't problems the problem one of the problems is buses stopping um and that causes d- traffic it causes a buildup yep. of traffic and shopkeepers setting their their wares and uh, their, their signs and their things too far out in the pavement Absolutely. I don't know if you heard Matt in Luton, who was just on the line. He seems to think it's one rule for us and another rule for them. I think he meant them being uh, Asian shopkeepers.
17: Yeah, so uh, I've got to disagree. I I, I don't think it's one rule for us and them. It it should be one rule for all, and the council need to sort this out, because there is going to be a serious incident there with a pedestrian, a mother, a child, a, a pram, a vehicle it is going to be because people do get frustrated in cars and pedestrians who can't get across somebody is going to have a serious incident down
0: there well shahid let's let, let's hope that we're not reporting on that one in uh, one day thank you very much shahid and luton well there we go two people th- th- both very passionate actually there is a problem and it turns out the buses aren't the only problem it's signs and w- shops displaying their wares far out into the street if you know the area 08459 555 is the telephone number uh, if you want to give me a call now. We were talking earlier on about two brothers from Luton who are using Facebook to urge people to send money to Syria. Well, given the fact that the US Secretary of State, John Kerry, says Washington has proved Damascus used uh, sarin gas last month, and the Syrian government says any military action would amount to support for al-Qaeda and its affiliates. Well, the Milton Keynes North East MP, Mark Lancaster, is also a member of the British-Syria All-Party Parliamentary group morning mark can you ex- explain what that means british syria all-party parliamentary group what is that
18: well i'm not actually a member of the um of the all-party parliamentary group um i used to be but uh, right. once i became a minister uh, you're not allowed to be a member of an all-party group of it's course. basically a series of groups in uh in parliament who um show an interest in other countries around the world uh and um and that's it really
0: we're would, would, asking this morning, would people send money to Syria? We've had a couple of texts, which I'll get to in a bit, but basically saying no. Should people be, be concerned about sending money to Syria?
18: Well, I suppose it depends how you would send it. I would suggest that it is a reasonable response for the United Kingdom as a government to be offering humanitarian support um, to refugees affected by the crisis. I've I've, I've had some experience in refugee camps around the world in my former role when I was a Shadow Minister for International Development, and uh, they can be pretty grim places, and we've seen the horrors that are happening in Syria. So with so many displaced people now moving across into Jordan, I don't think it's unreasonable for the British government to support by offering tentage or accommodation of some form, food and shelter.
0: Were well, we right not to go in on a military level?
18: Well, certainly I voted uh, that we should condemn the chemical weapons and that we should uh, wait for the UN inspectors to report and that we should follow the UN process. And only then should we have a further vote about military intervention. I think at the moment, um, as time has gone on, I, I feel sort of quite confident that I made the right decision.
0: What I don't understand about the vote... I, 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 the card's on the table. I'm supposed to be vaguely impartial. The card's on the table. I, I, I don't think we should necessarily should go in on a military level. But the question last week, if I'm right, ended with the words, if necessary... Necessary? And surely the answer to any question that ends if necessary is yes, isn't it?
18: No, it's not at all, but I think what we have to be very careful about is that that uh, motion was very clear, that we could not go in without a further vote and I think some people forget that. But at the same time, when you have a dictator like President Assad, who is so ruthless that he's prepared um, to uh, gas his own population, and then I think the last thing we should be doing is sending a message to President Assad, do you know what, you can do just what you want, whatever you want, and nothing will ever happen to you under any circumstances. Uh, I mean, certainly for my own experience as serving as a soldier in Kosovo in Bosnia and in Afghanistan I mean I would be very loathe to to commit ground troops but I think what that motion did last week was exactly the right thing which was to say we will follow the UN process do everything we can under the international agreements that we have Um, we certainly condemn the use of chemical weapons um, but ultimately we won't do anything unless there's conclusive proof and and crucially a further vote of the House of Commons it was a balance.
0: Isn't this a chance for um that britain to kind of lead the way if we can't go in as we can't now on a military level I- if we flood that area with humanitarian aid a it would help you know the the million or so people that have been displaced and would be a great thing to do but b on a purely selfish level it would make us look good
18: wouldn't it well it's not so much about making us look good no I it's a nice
0: like it. of it's not but it's a nice little byproduct of us doing that
18: well Okay, fine. I mean, uh, listen, I think ultimately after what happened 10 years ago with uh, the way that um, uh, the then government um, forced through uh, and effectively misled, I think many feel, uh, Parliament. um, David Cameron, to his credit, I think is trying to do the right thing, but do it in the right way. And we've seen that over the last few days. I mean, what people don't realize, of course, is that the British government is already giving um, aid, um, not to Syria, but certainly to the humanitarian relief in that region. Millions of pounds have been given um, to date. It's interesting how sometimes we have sort of debates on the radio saying that the UK should not be giving money in, in overseas aid, that DFID budget is too high. And yet now in recent days, I think we begin to see exactly why we do have a DFID budget so that we can offer humanitarian support uh, in situations such as this.
0: Mark Lancaster, Milton Keynes North MP, thank you very much indeed. Well, a couple, two questions, I guess, off the back of this. Would you personally give money to Syria? Have you seen any of the pictures, what's going on there? I mean, I think it is something like a million people have been displaced. It's an incredible amount, however many it is. Would you give money to uh, to Syria? And should the British government go in? We can't go in with guns and um, the battleships and things like that. So should we just chuck a load of money in humanitarian aid? It'll be hard to argue against that, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it? 716 BBC Three Counties Radio 08459 455555 So a month ago we had a call from Ramesh who was worried about buses stopping in uh, the middle of the road in Luton's Berry Park uh, He told us that the area's gridlocked daily and bus passengers are risking their lives whenever they get on or off Well uh, Ramesh came in this morning with his wife Habby and uh, a- another problem transpired that shops are putting signs out and putting their kind of stuff out and it's taking up a lot of the pavement So there are two issues buses stopping uh, uh gridlocking the area and shops putting uh stuff out and taking up loads of the pavement well we spoke to a uh, councillor the councillor responsible for this dave taylor he said no 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 no. it's a myth no problem at all not a problem in the slightest everything is fine just, just, just calm down there are, there are more important things not problem at all well we've had a couple of callers who said no, th- th- no, there is a problem. Both the buses and the signage is a real problem. If you know the area, 08459 455 555. Uh, Dave's in Luton. Morning, Dave. Good morning, Ian. Dave. Who's who, what do you, do you believe, Councillor Dave Taylor, or do you believe that the other callers we've had that there is a problem?
19: A few months ago, I met Mr. Taylor with Justin at Sundham Park. So, the issue at Sunday Park, the traffic lights, yes. Right, we were talking there, as we went off the air, we were talking there to Mr Taylor and we said about Berry Park. And he said, that's a nightmare. Now he's saying it's a myth. The thing regarding uh, Berry Park, and we suggested, when the buses come down from Dunstable, before they enter Berry Park, the passengers should get off of there and on. The same as Lee Grave Road. They should get on and off. Now when the buses move away and go through Berry Park at the other end they've got the Sainsbury's where the buses pull in they used to have coming from Luton they used to have by the Odeon Cinema the old Odeon Cinema a pull in and we said why don't you build that recess there back again like the one you've got at Sainsbury's and cut the two buses up in the middle of in Berry Park where the buses are stopping in the middle of the road to make people walk, why well, have three bus stops in a vicinity of about what a quarter? Well, it's not even a quarter of a mile. What's, well, the, have
0: so three bus- what's the problem it's causing with the traffic, Dave?
19: When it comes down from uh, Dunstable or Lee Grave or coming in from, uh, from Luton, it's the middle bus stops in the middle of Berry Park. They're situated right on the road, so the bus pulls up.
0: It's stopping all the traffic, is it?
19: And you and you can't overtake the bus because they put these kind of things in the middle Uh, of the
0: road. I know
19: the stonework. Yeah, you can't uh, you can't go over them, It's Law. You can't, mustn't go over them.
0: I know those. Right,
19: so those two bus stops. Yes, where um, where they've got them situated. Take them away, so make people walk. They've yep. all got to get on at the Odeon or get off at the uh, or get off at Dunstall Road before they enter Berry Park. And that. Dave, take away the bus stops.
0: Dave, just to, to, to move on, of slacks, we are running out of time. Have you noticed that the shop front's encroaching on the pavement? They are,
19: they have been doing, and I'll tell you what, how they're getting away with that down there, I don't know, because it's supposed to be, uh, it's the law, to put items out from your shop window
0: onto the path. Dave, listen, thank you very much for that. I I, I think we need to get Dave Taylor back on again. I think we need to uh, collect all of these opinions together. Put them together. I've got an email here from Trevor. The main problem with driving through Bury Park is down to the incompetent council and their traffic management department. In my honest opinion, the fools should be sacked without compensation. Years ago, it was a lovely wide drive through, and yes, the buses also used to stop there. Until the stupid councillors accept that both their officers and council members are not fit for purpose, glad I do not live there. Right, what we need to do. One day, we need we need to get Dave Taylor back, I think, because we, we're hearing so many people saying that he's, he's talking nonsense. And I like Dave. He comes on the the air when he says he will, and you've got to respect him for that. One morning, we need to get Justin down there, we need to get Dave Taylor down there, and uh, we need to get a couple of people who are upset, I think, with the situation. Producer Catherine, you have the power to make that happen.
2: I'll make it happen. There
0: we go, you see. She really does. 08459 four double five five double five. Hey, when it comes to teaching your kids the values of life, whose responsibility is it? I fear far too many parents leave it down to to the telly they they get it from the telly so they see some idiot on from geordie shore puking up and wetting the bed and doing worse i believe and the kids go oh yeah that's cool yeah i know Uh, oh yeah that's cool we'll have some of that we'll have a little bit of that well, a report out today from the Jubilee Centre for Character and Values says. So, sorry, I was trying to do a complicated hand mine while I was reading that. Uh, for the Jubilee Centre for Character and Values it says 80% of parents believe schools should teach children character and values alongside academic study. Well, Sue Atkins is a parenting expert and author of Parenting Made Easy. She joins me now. Good morning, Sue. Yes, good morning. So you used to be a deputy head teacher as well. I did. What's your experience of teaching values in schools?
20: Well, I used to be head of the PSHE, which is the Personal Social Health um, Part as well the sort of pastoral care Mm -hmm. well teachers do this all the time don't they we we all do actually consciously and unconsciously pass on our values to our kids most of the time when i work with parents i make them start there actually to to sort of elicit what are your values where are you trying to what are you trying to teach your kids long term because otherwise we talk about tolerance and then someone cuts us across you know in, in on the roundabout and we swear and carry on so our kids actually see that action rather than our words when we're talking about being kind and being empathetic and being tolerant. Should it be a
0: lesson Sue, or should it be just what we absorb from watching people around us at work and play?
20: It's a bit of both isn't it, because all the time we're teaching our values, I wrote—I mean I've written a blog today about it, but I wrote another one a long time ago about being a role model to our kids, and I said what does you know, David Beckham and what have you, how can you be a CPO hero to your kids, and where do your children and your their values like you say, do they watch it from the telly and pick that up and think that's okay to be cruel or to be silly or to be behaving like that or do they learn it from us well clearly from the first you know from the very beginning they learn it from us then they go to school and hopefully the school and the home are singing from the same song sheet and then of course they go on to sort of learning and challenging when they get into the teenagers, they challenge your values and your beliefs just to find out whether they are really their own
0: should parents be doing more? I, I'm sure that there are lots of parents. I'd like to consider myself to be one of those that is, is doing my best to make my children well rounded and mm. uh, ha, be aware of different people's values and thoughts and religions and things. Mm. But I would imagine there are some parents who do just plonk their kids in front of EastEnders and they absorb it all from there.
20: Well, yes, and they observe the parent, you know. So, um, you know, whatever you're doing, the child is learning from you and the way you speak uh, to them about different things. For example, um, when I was a teacher up in um, New Addington, I remember you know um, a child got hit or something and the next day came into school and the value from the parent was well if he does that again you smack him in the face and the school was trying to explore this whole thing about well you know you don't lash out with your hands when you have a challenge or a difficulty try and do it with your words walk away look at different strategies so of course you've got set up there of two kind of conflicting values for the child so but if we all sing from the same song sheet and then the child gets the best benefit doesn't don't they
0: if the parent is uh, a thug or or scum.
20: Oh, gosh, that's terrible. You can't say that. I can,
0: Sue. You don't need to.
20: Is Is there any hope for the child? Children learn all the time. They're not just learning from you. They, they learn also from important role models like an auntie or an uncle or a, a friend or a child's mum and dad. So they, they eventually make up their own ways of, of behaving. But of course, initially, this is why it's so crucial that you do learn it from your parents first and you do learn it from the important role models like your teachers or the school or your religious values.
0: When kids, I don't know if you're aware, Sue, but a football player has been sold for eighty-five million pounds. Oh, am I pounds.
20: aware? I'm a Chelsea fan. Oh, so I, yes, I'm aware, and I think eighty-six million is quite obscene. W- when kids see that, though, what what must that
0: teach them about values and worth?
20: Well, that that is exactly my point. When I tweeted it out yesterday say uh, what are we becoming why is football which is a great sport and I love it but it is only a game although people will say it's more than a game um, but yet yeah, what are we teaching children now, of course I go into a lot of schools teaching confident classes for kids I also go in and teach anti-bullying classes as well actually in schools and I look at their aspirations and I talk to them about their goals and a lot of children now that X factors back again aspire to you know turning up and thinking that despite millions of kids turning up singing, that they are going to be the one that will win the prize and be the, you know, the X Factor winner or they'll marry a footballer and surely we have to teach children to have and that, why that's fun and in perspective, and I love watching it at times, um, we need to empower our children to have a belief in themselves, have self-confidence so to go on to achieve whatever they want to achieve, whether that's become a plumber or a lawyer or whatever it might be and that hard work, tenacity respect and tolerance are things that, you know, getting up and having another go is an important value to teach children to, That it doesn't always happen quickly and easily. And to be very successful in whatever given field you are, you have to work very hard.
0: Sue, you mentioned your blog. Do you want to give it a quick plug?
20: Yes, it's thesuatkins.com and I blog every day on all sorts of issues, and today it will be about values.
0: Fantastic. So nice to talk to you. Thank you very much indeed. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Can anybody explain to me how this man is worth £85 million? I just, I do not get it. No one, no one can be worth that amount of money, surely. 729 BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's get the latest travel news now with Chris Humphrey. Call
2: 08459 455...
0: BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. It's seven thirty-three. Even more in- incredibly, it's the second of September. Happy Christmas, guys! Coming up between now and eight o'clock. Well, we will be speaking about Christmas. Actually, we'll be finding out what's happening to the Christmas lights in Luton, and we'll also be taking your phone calls oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Last week on the programme, I was talking about Dialerite, the coordinator of the services in Luton, which was withdrawn three weeks ago. Now. Because he said the council had made it look like the decision was their fault, Dave Barrett came onto the programme critical of comments from the leader of Luton Borough Council, Hazel Simmons, who said they were irresponsible to take the service away. Well, I suggested they should sit down and just put all of the, uh, the, the you know the bureaucracy to one side and just meet up and have a chat. I even said I'd pay, I'm not giving them the money yet. Oh, but that's the wrong thing. Let's, uh, nope, that, that audio isn't there, so we shall, uh, we shall skip that. Well, after my event intervention, they did go and have a coffee last Friday. We can find out how it went. Dave, uh, Barrett from Dial-A-Ride joins me in the studio. Morning, Dave. Morning, Ian. Uh, y- y- the meeting happened. I was surprised. W- what happened? Did, did you, you kind of. Coffee and was was it awkward
21: was it uncomfortable it was it was about as simple as as you were making it out to be when you when you put out the invitation you know two people met in a in a quiet coffee arena in uh, in luton and they sat down and they shook hands and they had a very friendly chat for over an hour for over an hour over an hour no croissants but Coffee flowed.
0: <laughs> Have you got the receipts? Because I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll fill you in for that. Uh, and so, uh, so what happened? You got? Did you get straight down to business?
21: We we did. We got straight down to business. And um, I mean, d- you never know how much time you've got when you've got a one to one with yeah. a leader of a council. So you've got to make the most of that time. And uh, that's what I tried to do. But I mean, Hazel was absolutely terrific. She she um, she listened to everything that I had to say. I was able to make every single point that I wanted to make uh, about uh, about what had happened and you know what could happen and, and things. like like this and um she she took copious notes mm. and um was was rather surprised by a number of the things that i told her um some of the information that she possibly received you know it's chinese whispers she gets diluted as it goes up yep. an the organization and then you talk to the person at the top they said oh, i didn't realize it was quite like that so uh, it was very very useful discussion indeed
0: this is very exciting I, 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 because i do think this is part of the problem that things get lost in emails things get lost in letters phone calls to an assistant that then goes up to the the next in command and then to the next you 're right it is chinese whispers and and I think a lot of information and a lot of passion can get lost uh was she responsive? to your suggestions and your your issues that you raised well i don't think she was in a position to be responsive Ian, to be honest because
21: um i mean she can't make decisions in, in isolation no. she's got to go and talk to her officers at various levels in the organization and that's what she promised to do mm. and uh, you know i believe that she will because she, she actually took the whole thing extremely seriously and um uh, and and and, and I, I kind of i was told before i went to wear a crash helmet you know and a, and a, and a A a book down my trousers just in case, you know, because Hazel's got a bit of a reputation, but uh, none of that was there at all. Well, she's tough, but that's very different. Someone who's, who's tough. Yeah, and, and
0: she, uh, I say, it, it was a great two-way, it's, and, and we parted absolute friends, you know, super job. For those who don't know, Dialeride in in uh, Luton has been... Counted, you have a little sip of water, of course you can. Has been off air, so to speak, for three weeks. Describe what it does, how it works, and how important it is to well, people. We're, we're a transport service aimed um, at helping the elderly
21: and disabled who find it difficult to use public transport. So, um a quarter of our um, a quarter of the people who use our use our transport in Luton were in wheelchairs mm. and they've got very little alternative uh, there is a, 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 a ideas to use taxis to move these people around in the future but I'd be very very concerned about the safety aspects of using taxis mm. uh, and I can go into that in detail with, with the people who in due course but um,
0: well even, yeah, even w- my mum's in a wheelchair getting someone who's in a wheelchair in and out of a car mm. uh, you know or I- I- is even the specially adapted cars it can be tricky
21: well it can i mean all our vehicles here, are, uh, are tailor-made for the job yeah. and um, you know for either for people who want to be more independent and walk up the steps at the side um, and uh, or if, if they can't do that then in, in the tail lifts at the back and they're all equipped that way so it's a very very safe means of travel for um, I mean you know the figures you've been quoting the figures 22,000 journeys a year at the time in Luton mm. so um, yeah it's, uh, it's, it's a sadly missed service you know you've had a lot of phone calls here we, you know our phones have been the same as well it's, um, it's a sadly missed service and we were sorry to have to pull out but you know w- the, the the reasons that we did were, were very clear
0: and it's it is a very important part. Uh, um path. we take it for granted that i can walk to the shops i can jump on a bus i can jump in my car if, if i fancy it for a lot of people those things aren't an option at all are they
21: well you and i can go wherever we want whenever we want i mean how would i have got to into the studio at half past seven if i was in a wheelchair you mm. know from um, from where i live it's uh, it wouldn't have been easy so uh, i mean yes uh, i mean the service is is not ideal in that you have to plan ahead a couple of days but um many of the people who use our service do have routines you know, I always go to the hairdressers on a Tuesday and I always go to Sainsbury's every other Thursday, you know, and that's, uh, those are the routines they get into. We get used to those routines and we... Um, so did you say you, go, saying you go to well. the hairdresser every other Thursday, what are you saying? <laughs> I would suggest you save your money, sir. <laughs> <laughs> you have to pay a search fee when I go. No, but... um I mean, one, one thing that Hazel commented on actually I, I, I don't want to go into any detail but she did comment on that she, she began to realise this wasn't just a dialer ride this was actually a social service that yeah. you know the ladies who go to Sainsbury's all go on the same day because they want to go together with their friends you know and, and if, if one of them can't go they'll probably go another day so they can all go together and there's all the chat on the bus that, that goes on in the meantime you know and it's, uh, it's almost like the old milkman you know if, 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 you, if your milk doesn't get picked up at the door for a couple of days you realise something's wrong and we have yeah. the same kind of thing we've actually had that situation where um you know s- somebody has actually been collapsed
0: inside the house and we've been able to oh. raise alarms and, and, and get help for them it's community isn't it absolutely w- which we're all crying out for mm-hmm. apparently but we, we seem to be eroding it mm-hmm. has hazel given you any time plan do you know when you're going to speak to her again no nope, i don't there was no pressure i mean it was quite clear that she was she was determined
21: to go away and talk to her people she's yep. got to do that i mean she came in off an of annual leave actually well which was terrific yeah. um so um she, it, she took it seriously so I'll just trust her with that and we'll see what, what happens soon well now. listen
0: I know I was very naughty springy on both of you sure. Somet- <laughs> I, I've, been d- I've been told off off air yes, uh, I've been told off sometimes I think when it's th- it's not normally my style to spring things on people but sometimes when it's as important as this uh, then I, th- I think that it's worth just just g- g- kind of pushing the, the bureaucracy to one side uh, Dave listen really nice to see you hopefully we'll be able to speak again in the future mm-hmm. and uh, have some positive news it's uh, Dave Barrett from Dialerite and thank you as we'll be speaking to Hazel about the Christmas lights but and I will say this to her but you know i think it was a big thing for her she could have rightly told me to get stuffed mm-hmm. right? and i think it was a big thing for her to turn up and have a chat and have I'm... you got that tenor by the way you see my <laughs> team through there so he's there in charge of all the uh, finances thank you very much dave speak to you soon take care dave barrett there from uh, dialeride 08459 45555
1: across beds hearts and bucks this
14: is ian lee
1: bbc
2: three counties radio
0: Uh who taught you the values of life your parents or your teachers as your parents right wasn't it was it? Of course it was. Well, a report out today from the uh, Jubilee Centre for Character and Values says 80% of parents believe it should be schools teaching our children character and values. Well, our very polite and respectful reporter is Ms. Kelly Betts. Good morning, Ms. Betts. Oh,
6: good morning.
0: Now, you've been out asking people who they think should be teaching our children the values of life. What's been the general reaction, mate?
6: Uh, mate, well, the general reaction is that it should be parents, which is pretty obvious. I well, thought.
0: thanks very much for coming on the air. No, now, I'm coming anytime, up, mate. Oh, uh, uh, d- 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 do you want to? Have you got any audio for me to play? Yeah,
6: yeah, yeah it's there. Press play, mate. Wow. Hello, we're talking about values this morning. Who should be teaching our children the values of life? Should it be parents or should it be teachers? Parents, definitely. Parents. Are you a parent yourself? No, I'm not. But you feel that it is the parents' responsibility. It is, definitely. And how do you feel about the eighty percent of people who are saying that it's the teachers' responsibility?
1: I don't agree with that. I think it's the parents that should teach their children values. Yes, it's parents are supposed to the teach children. They are children because they learn from home. The parents spend more time than the teachers. Are
6: you a parent yourself? Yes I am. And what sort of values do you teach your children?
1: Well good values to respect their elders and to be nice to their pair of um, mates, to be clean first, (laughs) to make sure their rooms are really clean.
6: Should it be parents or should it be school teachers? What do you think? Parents. I'd say
7: parents due to the fact that they're the ones who brought the kids into the world so it's their priority to raise them well.
6: Are there any values that you've been taught in life that you could share with us? Respect your elders, work hard. It's just general things, really. And was it your parents who taught
7: you values? Yeah, I suppose so, when you think about it. Same as, obviously, you have other people around you, like whether it be parents, teachers, colleagues. But your main prize, obviously, be parents, I suppose.
6: How about you? Do you think it should be parents or teachers?
7: Our parents, definitely,
12: because you're the one who lives with the kids, so they'll learn from you. Even if they go to school, yes, they'll help them, but not, like... As parents. And what
6: are the values in life that you would pass on to your children?
12: Just to teach them to respect. The
0: elders. Excellent stuff, Kelly. I'm confused as to why you were strangling that first woman in the report. But you, you're, you're. I kind was of, just
6: being polite. It's what she asked for.
0: You're kind of the lost generation, aren't you? In that you you, you have no manners. Um, you're out drinking Alco pops every night, binge drinking. You are you are broken, Britain. I'm following your example. Have you got any values that you could you could pass on to, to the listeners? Of course.
6: Treat others how you would like to be treated, and never lie because you will get caught out but white lies are okay like hey great shirt today Ian looks really nice stuff like that yeah Wh- what about you what are your values <coughs> that you'll pass on to your children
0: just be nice try and be nice to- I-, I am no hang on oh sorry
6: I thought so carry on
0: just try and be as nice as you can to people and if you make mistakes learn from them
6: <sighs> that's good I like that
0: thanks yeah mm. uh, have you ever seen Geordie Shaw? No. Thanks very much, Kelly Betts. 08459 455 555. When is, when is Justin back?
2: Um, next week, I think. Have
0: we got Kelly all week?
2: Yeah. Do you want to hear my words of wisdom? Um,
0: we've, got, we've got 40 seconds to fill.
2: If in doubt, do now.
0: Uh, he who smelt it, dealt it.
2: <laughs> you denied it, supplied it.
0: You did the rhyme. You did the crime.
1: Oh, not again.
0: Coming up, we'll be talking about Luton's Christmas lights. I know, I know, I know. Before that, though, I'm speaking slowly so that the weather gets queued up. No weather, so I'm going to hit the button and we're just going to keep our fingers crossed. I hit, uh, I hit the button knowing full well that Elizabeth Rizzini was not there. I'll give her 20 seconds, Grace. If she doesn't turn up in the next 20 seconds, then not only is she fired, uh, then everybody working on this show is fired. Oh, Elizabeth, are you there? Elizabeth?
2: Hello. Your job Hi. is your
0: job is safe. Just, <laughs> just.
2: Oh, are you going to do it for me? <laughs> Sorry.
0: Oh, the weather. No, carry on. Where you go?
2: Weather. <laughs> okay. Well, it's going to be a lovely day today. Thank you very
0: much, indeed. Excellent. Oh no, that doesn't work. I do like Nick Calfone. he's a cracking listen, but um, I mean, really, someone needs to sort his wardrobe out, don't they? Don't they? I mean, really. Now, you remember a while back, we had told you that this year's Christmas lights in Luton were under threat because the council were not sure whether they had enough money to fund them. Well, they've been saved by one of the biggest employers in Luton, EasyJet. The airline has provided sponsorship for the lights, along with the Love Luton campaign. Joining me now is the leader of Luton Borough Council, Hazel Simmons. Uh, morning, Hazel. Good morning, Ian. These lights have been going, I think, for about 20 years. They have. Um, what was the problem? Why were we going to lose them uh, this year?
7: Well, as you know, the council have been heavily uh, cut in finances by the government and we've had to look at all areas of our budget to reduce our costs by a phenomenal amount of money. And um, these, were, this was one of the areas, unfortunately, that that
0: got cut. How, do, how much do Christmas lights cost? I've got, I've got no. I, I know in my house they cost a fortune. I imagine for a whole town, it's a ridiculous price. It costs
7: us about thirteen to fifteen thousand pounds
0: uh, a year. It's uh, it is a lot of money when everyone's struggling a little bit. Are, are you happy that uh, a, a company EasyJet have stepped in to help out?
7: Oh, it's fantastic uh, that EasyJet has stepped in to. to pay for the Christmas lights, um, they're an integral part to the lighting up Luton event, and so uh, we're really, really grateful to them for this.
0: Is it true they're going to be orange?
7: No not all of them no <laughs> <laughs> <It depends laughs> not all of there.
0: them what percentage is orange hazel
7: I have no idea we always have orange lights
0: anyway Oh they're, they're very very uh, ta- tactfully done. <laughs> um, maybe this this could be a way forward maybe getting uh, the businesses to come in and sponsor other things that, that perhaps are uh, you know having to we're having to miss out on because of austerity
7: Well certainly some events like this and, and we've always had sponsorship from our business community anyway they are very supportive of the town and in fact, do sponsor the light Up Blue event anyway, and I'm grateful to all the sponsors that, that work with us on these events.
0: And people might say, well, come on guys, it's only Christmas lights, but it is things like Christmas lights and, and, and other things like that that, that do... That do make us feel a little bit special don't they it's this sense of community
7: yes they do and christmas is a special time particularly for young children so uh we're very very grateful to them for this for helping us out this
0: year now hazel listen i hear you have been an excellent sport and i want to say a big thank you to you i i, I, I kind of ambushed you a couple of weeks ago asking you to meet up with dave from dial a ride for a coffee and i know you're a little bit reluctant but we've had dave in and he is very chuffed to say that you met uh, that you spoke to him for over an hour and and, and you listened how did you find it
7: uh, it was a, a very amicable meeting, and I took down a lot of notes, and obviously we'll go away and look at, uh, uh, at that. Um, yes, it was a reasonable meeting, and we had a nice cup of coffee.
0: Well, there you go. You I hope you've kept your receipts. If you have, I will I will give you the money, <laughs> as I said. Can you give us any, any heads up as to what the result might be yet, or is it too early? Uh, no, it's too early. OK, well, listen, I, I, I want to say thank you from me and my listeners for being a very good sport, and uh, for, you could have told me to jog on, and you very politely accepted, and I believe you came back off your holiday to, to meet up as well. So thank you very much, Hazel. It's appreciated. OK, thanks, Ian. Thank you, Hazel. There we go, you see. Hazel Simmons. Not often Hazel and I kind of get to shake hands. We quite often uh, lock heads instead. But I think when she, she uh, came off her holiday, she met up with Dave, as she said, after I ambushed her on the air. And I think that has to be respected. I think uh, you've got to, uh, you know, say well done for that. Hazel Simmons there, leader of Luton Borough Council. And the Christmas lights will be going ahead, sponsored by EasyJet. I do like Christmas lights. I know some of them look a little bit ropey. But I do like Christmas. I'll stop. Should I stop talking about Christmas now? Yes, I will. Okay. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the phone number. Loads of you have been talking uh, about um, the road in Berry Park on Facebook loads of you have been having your say on it let's get some of your comments on this it's funny isn't it? we throw all these things like syria and all these kind of things and the one you go for is a road in berry park Uh, michael says the roads in berry park it is the volume of traffic not the buses that are the problem and the pavement clutter is getting worse because of the changes in the way the new shop owners operate jane says uh, in response to dave taylor why the the councillor? why the general public never believed surely people who use the roads and pavements know the problems Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five, five. You know the stretch of road in Berry Park. Um, problems with buses and problem. The new problem seems to be shops having their frontage encroaching in the uh, public arena. We'll send Justin out maybe next week with uh, with uh, the councillor and uh, a couple of people who've complained and a shopkeeper and uh, the cuddly toy, and we'll see if we can spot anything. He can check out the overhang, can't he? front page of the newspapers um the daily telegraph back to the classroom for pupils with a d in english Uh -uh. thousands of teenagers who failed to achieve a grade c in their english and maths gcse exams last month will be forced to continue studying and resit the tests when returning to school this month really michael gove the education secretary said last night that young people must be able to demonstrate their understanding of these subjects this year is the first in which teenagers will have to remain in school school until they are 17. The school-leaving age will rise again to 18 in 2015. Pupil age 16 will no longer be able to drop maths or English. What if you're just no good at maths or English? Some people aren't. Some people just can't take to them, and they're going to be forced to retake them. And you have to stay in school until you're 18? You guys, kids is losing out. Pressure on on Cameron for new vote on Syria strikes of the Telegraph. David Cameron was last night under increasing pressure to return to Parliament for another vote on British military action against Syria after the Americans postponed missile strikes for at least a week. Lord Howard, a former Conservative leader, Sir Malcolm Rifkind, a former Foreign Secretary, and Lord Ashdown led calls to vote again. Oh, no, no, we, we've had the vote, guys. We've had well, You didn't get the you didn't get the response you wanted. Tough, isn't it? We had the vote. You lose next. And there's a picture of David Frost, uh, who died at the weekend. I don't think it's anything to do with the relaunched through the keyhole. I don't think it's anything to do with that at all, whatever anybody says. The Guardian, David Frost. That was the life that was clever. How long did it take them to come up with that one? Sarin nerve gas uh, used by Syria, it says Kerry. US could go ahead with bombing of regime, even if Congress votes uh, against it. The independents. David Frost, 1939 to 2013. So bright, with extraordinary memory, full of initiative, and a remorseless networker. Uh, I was once carrying my nephew Dylan. This was uh, well; he was a baby. I had him on uh, one of those uh, baby harness things. I was carrying him a live aid, live eight. And David Frost came up to me oh, Lovely looking baby. It was, it was the baby. It's my nephew. Oh, lovely looking baby. and He wandered off. That's my David Frost story. Can't go. Any, can't go any more than that. I'm afraid. The Times. David Frost uh who peter cook hated peter cook loathed david frost oh he hated when asked when asked um what peter cook's biggest uh regret was he said because they went to school together he said it was saving david frost from drowning at school (laughs) well he nicked david frost that was the week that was was nicked from peter cook basically but um it's still a fantastic program and a, a, a great loss put syria action back on table pm is told no you lost the vote You lost the vote. You can't just go back and have another vote. That was the life that was, Daily Mail. Well done. David Frost dies, age 74. Sold for £5. Your personal details. Councils cash in on names and addresses fuelling junk mail blitz. I've come to the conclusion about junk mail. Everyone says, oh, junk mail. Oh, I hate it. Oh, it ruins my life. It's not that much of a hassle, really, is it, junk mail? Just pick it up and put it in the bin. That's all you have to do. Sorry. Just pick it up, put it in the recycling box. That's all you have to do. In the great scheme of things, getting through letters about insurance, about um, uh, pizzas, and about we've just sold a house like yours in your street—not really. When you see what's happening in Syria, you think, "Not really that bad." I can I can live with that. Town halls are raking in money by selling lists of voters' names and addresses for as little as five pounds a time. Daily Express. Natural new look for tousle-haired Kate. Okay. And high dose of statins can beat dementia. Where do they get every day? Dementia, Alzheimer's, um, arthritis, cancer. They've got a cure for all these things, yet they still keep happening. I would suggest, Daily Express, your cures are nothing. Uh, And the Sun, the Footy Chief exclusive, Sting in the Tail... Uh, Bet's shame footy Boss Gordon Taylor Was last night blasted by And you go to the back page And there's a picture Of this Gareth Bale uh, My Madrid dream has come true £86 million deal Sparks transfer frenzy Hey it's the uh, the last day of, of the transfer window guys And trust me We're really not going to be Paying any attention To that at all today £86 million pounds For this this footballer Nobody has been able To call in Two things I've asked for today none of you Been able to help with How can £86 million be justified for a football player? We're going to get to our our sports correspondent on the show, Jeff, a bit later on. Uh, And also... Well, wake him up. I don't care. Wake him up. Uh, And also, has anybody seen this atrocious programme, Geordie Shaw? Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. It's the 2nd of September. I'm going to keep saying it... ...until about the 8th of September find it shocking. We're in September. Summer is over. Yes, we have a nice week of weather ahead of us, but we are officially in autumn. (laughs) Merry Christmas, guys. Coming up between now and JVS at nine o'clock, we're not launching military action into Syria. Should should we send money instead? If you've seen those pictures of what's been going on, are you a bit cold-hearted? Nay, soulless? If you don't agree we should be sending money in humanitarian aid. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. After producer Catherine Boyle's mum had a go at some kids who are dropping litter, we've sent our reporter Kelly Betts out to drop some litter. Not to think it's within the BBC charter. Don't I think there's right ways around it. She might pick it up again, and asking if anybody would have a go. And between now and nine, we desperately try and find out how one man, one man related to the Batman could be worth £86 million. Pounds. Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. You can send me a text 81333. Start your text 3CR. You can give me a call 08459 555.
2: Across beds, hearts
11: and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio.
0: Two brothers from Luton have set up a Facebook campaign to raise money for the people of Syria. At the top of the Save Syria UK page, you'll find a bank account number and a sort code, which, according to Ali Khan, who joined me earlier in the studio, will channel funds towards the relief effort for civilians caught up in the crisis. But with all the political toing and froing, coupled with claims al-Qaeda is heavily involved in the area, would you send money to Syria, and should our government be sending money? Joined now by Gareth Owen, who is from Save the Children, which has called this the worst humanitarian crisis for a generation. Good morning, Gareth. When you hear about small campaigns like this, do they hamper the campaigns of bigger organisations like yours? Not at all. I mean, I applaud any
22: effort to try and help people in Syria. The reality is that after two and a half years, you know, the conflict there has taken an enormous toll on children and their families. I mean, as we, many of us will have seen pictures from last week of schools being targeted. And a school should be a place where children feel safe. As many children in this country are now going back to school this week, that people should dwell on the fact that 4,000 schools in Syria are now out of action. And so any efforts to help those people is applauded by me.
0: What work is being done specifically by Save the Children out there?
22: Well, Save the Children has been working throughout the region since the start of the conflict and before. So we have teams of staff all over the region. We have staff inside Syria at great risk to themselves. We have partners working throughout Syria. And what we need really is a much bigger aid operation because while the political machinations continue, the reality is that the people on the ground are running out of time. They're desperate for this war to stop. They're desperate for their children to go to school. And that's where we come in. So we're able to keep some schools open. We're able to set up temporary schools we're providing food water health all the things that people need in the midst of a an, an, an ending tra-
0: a, 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 an ending tragedy really i'm always amazed by um, people from charities and other organizations news agencies as well who are in places like syria what, what are your the, the members of your team actually able to do within the country itself
22: they're able to do a lot. I mean, we are moving around the country. We're moving aid in and out of the country, uh, into the neighbouring countries. But the reality is that it's a big challenge. It's an active war zone. It's extremely dangerous. Our staff do come under under threat, uh, and we have to manage their safety uh, carefully. But what we really need is every soldier on every checkpoint to respect international law. International law is clear that the unimpeded access to humanitarian assistance for people in the conflict is, is written into law. So we need all sides in this to respect that more than they're doing today. We need all the neighbouring countries to allow and to facilitate and to help move aid across their borders into Syria because it's only in this way that we can offer hope. People need hope in Syria. They need hope that the world outside cares enough about them to find a way to bring this to an end. And in the meantime, they need us to assist them to bring about anything that alleviates their terrible suffering.
0: Is the UK government doing enough, do you think, Gareth?
22: The UK dev- government is doing an awful lot, but we would call on all governments to put more pressure uh, internationally to try and find the political solution that this needs. Now, we've been calling for that for two years, and it's a de- desperately difficult situation, as we are aware. So in the meantime, we just simply must scale up the aid operation.
0: Gareth, it's, it's, it's very bleak, but hopefully um, with people like you helping, it can make it a little bit better. There's Gareth Owen from uh, Save the Children, which is called the, uh, the Syri- crisis in Syria, the worst humanitarian crisis. For a generation. Well, what do you think? Would you give money to Syria? I've I've deliberately avoided lots of the pictures from Syria, particularly of the the gas attacks. I don't. I've had them described to me. I don't need to see dead children frozen in agony to understand what that looks like. I don't need to see the schools being bombed to appreciate what uh, that might uh, look like. But uh, would you give money to Syria? Should the British government give money? to Syria. We had a text earlier on, and I, I've forgotten who it's from, I do apologise, but saying the, 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 trotting out that line that charity begins at home. You know, that there are people suffering here, that we should do more here. Well, y- y- there are people suffering here, of course. I would suggest they're not suffering anywhere nearly as badly as the, the kids in Syria are suffering. Oh, wait, 459-455-555. <laughs> Text
11: 81333.
9: Start your message with 3CR.
11: Texts will be charged at the standard network rate. BBC Three
2: Counties Radio.
0: As you know, I'm not a huge football fan. I struggle with uh, w- w- understanding the hows and the whys. Uh, but one story that has gone from the uh, back pages to the front pages is Gareth Bale, who signed for Real Madrid last night for £86 million. Pounds. 86 million pounds what a contrast between that story and this i don't understand i don't understand how anybody could be worth that much money well steve curry uh, is a sports reporter from the daily mail joins me now. morning steve good morning 86 million pounds explain it to me i just don't get it well this is uh, this is real madrid style
13: uh, and always has been um their famous for their Galacticos, as they call them, the big-name players. They always go for the the player of the moment. Um, they're a subsidized club. They're subsidized by the banks, by various organizations. They can afford that amount of money, so they pay it. It, so it's, it is all about supply and demand. They want the best players. They, they always have done, down the years, uh, right back to the days of Alfredo Di, Di Stefano, uh, many, many years ago, before your time, probably and certainly just a little bit before mine. Um, <clears throat> but th- there's a whole succession the Beckham's, and, and, and uh, Gareth Bale is just a list of those. Why is Gareth? It is an extraordinary amount of money. There is a bit of dispute about the actual amount. Right. Because um, Cristiano Ronaldo is already at Real Madrid, as you know. Um, he was known to be the most expensive footballer in the world at 80 million. And Real Madrid are actually claiming that the amount they paid for Gareth Bale is 78, not 86 million. But knowing um, the, uh, the, the, the way that Spurs chairman Daniel Levy works, I tend to believe their figure of 86.
0: Why is Gareth Bale so good? What makes him worth that money?
13: Well, <clears throat> to start off with, he's a goal scorer. Uh, he's, a, he's a very powerful boy. I, I think he was spotted early on in his days at, in school football in Cardiff as being an extraordinary talent. Uh, he's very powerful physically. Uh, he shrugs players off. He's, he's 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 good to watch. He's a kind of football that people love to pay and see. Um, but... I have to say a word of caution is that he's, his actual last season was an outstanding season for him. Uh, prior to that, there were some fairly ordinary seasons uh, t- to be truthful. Um, and I think there is an element of risk in uh, in what Real Madrid have done in terms of, uh, of the fee they paid. Um, but You'll see today when they unv- when they unveil him at a ceremony at lunchtime in, in uh, the Bernabéu Stadium in Madrid. There'll be tens and tens of thousands of fans coming in just to say hello to him, not to play football or watch him play football, just to see him sign and, and greet the fans.
0: And the, obviously, the eighty-six million pounds will, will go to Spurs because they, they've bought him off him. But h- mm. how much will he? What's his weekly salary going to be?
13: Well, it's reported to be £256,000 a week.
10: Flippin' yeah, cool.
13: egg! That's mental! <laughs> yes, yeah, it is. That is but, mental! Uh, you are, yes. Uh, but uh, that, that is a reported uh, wage... Um, in this, not a great deal more than Wayne Rooney's earning no. at, uh, at Old Trafford, but you know this is what footballers are paid now. And I mean, it, it, in a, to an extent, it is television money. It's the yeah. worldwide appeal of the Premier League, uh, the overseas rights for Premier League, which is watched in every corner of the world, of every corner of the globe. Um, there are enormous amounts of money swirling around in football now, and it really is. It's moved from being a sport, which it was when I first started reporting it back in the 60s, it's now become a big business, I'm afraid.
0: If someone's earning about a million pounds a month, Steve, how on earth do they deal with that mentally?
13: Well... Of course they 'd probably get half of that in their pockets, as it were, yeah uh, but um, because of tax, but um, I mean they have investment advisors now they they have accountants, footballers now are surrounded by a culture of various people, and uh, their money is generally speaking looked after um, it, The irony is at the moment that there's a big um, that the professional footballers association whose own boss has been. Uh, uh, it's been revealed. there Has been gambling a lot. Uh, they are the they are the kind of organisation who advise players on what to do with their money, where to invest it. Now, for me, now I, I don't think there's a, a player playing in the Premier League who should not be able to retire in his thirties and be uh, and be, be, be comfortable for
0: life. Steve Curry, thank you very much. Uh, Steve Curry from the the Daily Mail. There, I wait four five nine four double five five double five. He's basically earning. Not Steve. Gareth. He's earning quite a nice house a week. He's getting quite a nice house a week. That's mental. £256,000 a week. What? You would go nuts, wouldn't you? Be honest, you couldn't handle that. I couldn't handle it. Could you handle that, Catherine? No, I'd be ruined. Sorry?
2: I'd, I'd go to rack and ruin. I'd yeah. go mad. I'd tell everyone to shove it. I'd buy, buy the world.
0: You're like that anyway. <laughs> I would I would do, like, two weeks work and then go, I'm going to quit now. After mm. two weeks.
2: Oh, I've twisted my uncle. Oh! You know, they, it's your ideal job being a footballer. They do a bit of training in the morning, the rest of the time, Xbox. It
0: involves football, though, so that kind of...
2: Well, yeah, admittedly, that's a little bit tricky.
0: 90 minutes a week. I could work 90 minutes a week for a quarter of a million pounds. They have
2: a lot of free time.
0: And they just, just it seems that they get to go around uh, being obnoxious as well and sleeping with each other's girlfriends.
2: Some do. But as I say, time on your hands.
0: There you go, you see. Hey, nice to see you. Quarter of a million pounds a week Mm -hmm. could you could you live on that oh easily (laughs) i would do two weeks and then quit go i'm all right now thanks no you wouldn't yes i would would you what oh
11: football this is
0: well anything if i if if i got paid i mean if i had to have to take a pay cut. if i got no uh quarter of a million pounds here i'd work two weeks and then go yeah thanks very much And now stick it. Now
11: stick it where the sun don't shine. Really? Yes, I would. I'd carry on working even if I won the Euro Millions. Would you? Yes, I would. Why? I I enjoy it. You... (laughs) <laughs> no one else does.
0: No, I, I enjoy I, it as well. Yeah. I'm, I'm being slightly flippant. We are, we, I think we are both very lucky in that we do jobs that are that comparatively easy compared to building walls and things like that, but also very enjoyable.
11: But I would still jack it in. <laughs> <I> would, <laughs> would you? still well, jack What would you do instead? You'd just sit there in your pants eating pizza, no. and you'd get depressed. Yeah, but, uh, uh I don't, yeah well you don't want to do that no i'd I'd read books i'd travel the world
0: i'd play video no i would eat pizza and be depressed (laughs) exactly play playstation
11: yes Yes, i would and crave attention imagine (laughs) imagine what life would be like for your neighbors yeah you'd be out there washing your car naked yeah look at me everyone look at me someone please show me some attention (laughs) (laughs) is that why you're naked now (laughs) i'm I'm not looking down no i'm not looking down what's on your show today please coming up on the big phone in this morning should MPs be asked to vote again on Syria this is the story that uh, that just keeps running and running and running for obvious reasons the mayor of london boris johnson says that if there's new evidence president assad used chemical weapons MPs should vote again on military action seen this story today mm. however the foreign minister william haig has said there won't be another vote as ministers could not go back every week to discuss something mps had rejected the u.s government says it has more evidence now that the nerve agent sarin was used in damascus last month but president obama will consult congress before taking any action so there seems to be this idea doesn't there that we could now because there's this time that has been bought by the americans mm. we could ask our mps to look at the evidence again and then to vote again yep. do we want to see that happening or do we kind of feel as if as a country we've made our mind up we've decided we're not getting involved and we should just stand by that they voted and they voted against that vote has to stand just because some people didn't get their way the prime minister didn't get his way you can't then go oh can we, can we try again can we have another go but if because a lot of those mps who voted against last time they voted again against because they said, well, there's just not enough evidence, you know, we, don't, we want to wait for the UN to come back with their findings and all that kind of stuff. Mm. If there is sufficient evidence that MPs say, well, actually, you know what, now a week down the line or, or mm. two weeks down the line, looking at this again, we do think actually there is enough evidence to show that this man Assad is crazy he's a crazy dictator and he used chemical weapons on his own people actually that's changed my mind now I think yes we should do something about it no because if I've got this right
0: and I could be wrong the question they voted was something along it's the last two words that are important something along the lines with should we um, get involved in military action in Syria if necessary if necessary is the key thing and they've already said no even if it's necessary we shouldn't get involved they've
11: had their vote but the Labour Party over the weekend, they've been making some noises, haven't they, yes. about the possibility of going back and having another vote. Is that because they're wondering whether they made the right decision first time? Mm. Every single Labour MP voted against in that last vote. Are they now starting to think, ooh, was that the right thing to do? Uh, can we have another chance? Can mm. we go back again? Can we have another say? And an- another opportunity to change our mind? Mm. Well, do we want our MPs to do this, yes or no? We'll debate this this morning on the big phone in at nine. Call
2: 08459
11: 455 555.
0: BBC Three Counties Radio. I've no idea, but uh, Jonathan Vernon-Smith is doing an impression of Rick from The Young Ones as he ran out of the studio. I don't know what that was about. He was... <laughs> How very very strange! What a peculiar gentleman! Oh, eight four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. Um, oh, well, apparently Gareth Bale's on the line. Oh, it's George from Bedford. Hello, George.
4: Yeah, I just want to um, link this story about Gareth Bale's earnings and yes. what they paid for him and so on to right. um, Jamie Oliver. So, story last week where he expects his staff to be able to work. 48 hours or more yeah. and he was saying that he used to work at 100 hours i mean well what, what, what that shows a lot of people in this world work hard work long hours and end up with relatively nothing and then you get people like him you know footballers doing 25 hours maybe 30 a week and earning you know astronomical sums and you know, he it, it shows again that the, this idea that if you work hard, you get somewhere, then it, it, it's not true at all. Are, know, we not, are we not... Uh, are you
0: not just a bit jealous?
4: No, I'm not jealous. It, 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 it's a question of um, proportion. I mean, if, if you look at the situation in Spain as well, 50% youth unemployment...
0: Yeah. And that's then, not Gareth Bale's fault, is it?
4: it it's, not, no, it's not his fault, but I think it's out of proportion. Could this money... Could he be paid less and and, and that money, find better uses for that money? But
0: uh, but Gareth Bale made the decision years ago. He he found he had a a talent. And he made the decision to dedicate his life towards improving that talent. To focusing and honing those God-given skills. Should he not be rewarded for that?
4: Well, then there's been other players. I mean, is he the best ever? Is he... The greatest ever. I, I, I probably, you'll find he's not. I mean, it still has a it's still out of know, proportion. He's kicking a football about. Two hundred and fifty thousand a week, a million pound a month.
0: What? Sh- um, what should he, earn, uh, George?
4: Well, uh, I, I don't know, but it's only a lot less than that.
0: Should we all? Should uh, we all go to Cuba, where they all earn the same amount—doctors and taxi drivers?
4: Uh, it's, it's like in the uh, the Premier League here. You know, you got people on high wages, then you go in the lower ranks. And some of them are struggling. I mean, perhaps there's something wrong there. I mean, That money could be re- redistributed better.
0: Well, it, t- it sounds a little bit like communism, George.
4: Well, you could look at it that way. But, I mean, eight, £85 oh. million pound for a human being. Yeah. I mean, how much does a, a chairman worth, a chairman of a company worth? You got, he earns more than many people running industries, running companies. That's what you have to think about. He's, he's earning more than many company directors.
0: Uh, George, thank you very much indeed. It's George from Bedford, who, who thinks that um, the, the, the Gareth Bale is certainly not worth £86 million. Pounds. I, I uh, dispute it as well. I don't I don't quite know how you could justify £86 million. Pounds. But are we just a little bit jealous? Are we jealous? I'm sure if someone offered George... So George, I've got a job for you. Problem is, you're going to have to earn a quarter of a million pounds a week. Oh, no, no, no. I can't do that. No, no, I can't do that. You, he, would, he would grab it. Even George would sound excited, wouldn't he? Are we jealous of these people? 08459 455 504. George from Bedford, thank you very much for your call. Now, you learn so much from your parents how to behave and sometimes how not to behave, but according to researchers at the University of Birmingham, today's mums and dads think schools should take more responsibility for teaching kids values. The report by the Jubilee Centre for Character and Values suggests 80% of parents think values should be right up there with maths and English in schools' priorities. Well, Brian Lightman is General Secretary of the Association of School and College Leaders and joins me now. Brian, schools should be Teaching
14: children values. Discuss. Absolutely, um, I think it's it's absolutely crucial that we should be teaching those things. We hear so much about GCSE and A level and uh, passing exams and so on, but education is about so much more than that. And and what we need to do is to uh, to give children a very broad education uh, and teach them all kinds of things far beyond uh, what you learn in in, uh, in those subjects. Should this be a
0: specific lesson, Brian, or just something that's absorbed by the demeanour of the teachers?
14: Um, I think it's it's something that should be part of the ethos of the school the uh, what the school actually stands for um, if I as a head teacher I was a head teacher for a long time if I stood up as a head teacher I would be promoting a set of values that we believed in uh, and I would see that as a key role of my leadership and I would see it as a key role of the leadership of all of our teachers and all of our staff in our school to, to do that As uh, I'm a parent as parents and teachers we're
0: fighting a losing battle aren't we Brian I don't know if you're aware of a programme called Geordie Shore uh, where it's lots of horrible
14: young people doing vulgar things Th- th- these,
0: these are our children's heroes these days.
14: I, th- I think there is a massive problem about the double standards that the children are exposed to and the sorts of values that they see outside school. In many ways, schools are the sort of last bastion of, of quite old-fashioned uh, values about things, traditional values, if you like, and we do that quite unashamedly. Um, but I think we need to think very carefully about some of the messages that young people are receiving uh, through the media, through some of the television programmes they see, through the celebrity culture, Uh, and the behavior of some people who they do look up to.
0: Can the government do in this? Should the government be getting involved, or should they step back?
14: Um, well, I think the government should be saying more about values. Um, it, it talks um, extensively about academic learning, but it doesn't talk, uh, doesn't say as much about these things, and I'd certainly like to see them saying that. But this should be a, a partnership. It's about everyone working together, and that means uh, schools, it means uh, government, but it also means parents uh, as well, and society, wider society. <sighs>
0: some parents let's be honest they are they are scum if your child is, is that's a starting point for a child there's no hope for them is there
14: well um you know, I don't want to attack parents, and I think they have a very difficult job. But at the uh, at the same time, I'm very aware that today there will be many children starting uh, school, and the odds are absolutely stacked against them because of what they've experienced or haven't experienced outside school. For example, um, there will be children starting in primary school um, who have never sat down with anybody uh, and had a story read to them. And wow. Children who have uh, who have not been properly trained to to eat properly, or even uh, in some cases. Been toilet trained and so on, and these are these are things that are basic requirements that we we should be uh, we should all be doing, so that we make sure that when the children come to school, when they come to secondary school, uh, which our members are responsible for, then then the children are properly equipped, that they they're going in with the right attitude, that parents are saying this is really important for you to work hard, and they're supporting the school, all those sorts of things really need to happen.
0: Brian, thank you very much indeed, Brian Lightman, General Secretary of the Association of Schools and College Leaders. I've said this before. I do think if you don't sit down with your kids and read them stories, it's criminal. It's criminal. I had to tell my eldest to to stop bringing me books yesterday. There was only so many Thomas books I could be bothered to read and Greek myths. I said, "Look, can we have a break for a little bit?" No, read another story, Dad. Oh dearie me! Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number. It's coming up to eight thirty on BBC Three Counties Radio.
11: On FM, AM, online and digital radio.
2: This is Ian Lee.
11: On BBC Three Counties Radio.
0: Coming up before uh, JVS at 9 o'clock, the results of our experiment when we, bu- when we asked uh, Kelly Betts to go out and throw litter on the street. Why? There is a reason for it. Uh, and uh, producer Catherine Boyle will uh, remind us what that is a l- bit later on. And we're also, we're trying to find out, how on earth is Gareth Bale worth 86 million quid? Sheila's in St Albans. Good morning, Sheila. Good morning. What do you think? Is he worth it?
1: Um, I don't think he's worth a, that amount of money. But I was wondering, I thought Spain had money problems, don't they?
0: I believe that they're in a little bit and of uh, it, trouble. Y-
1: exactly. So, and then, is it... You made the comment that is it the banks are someone who is sponsoring him or Real Madrid... Well, the,
0: the, the banks, I think, are involved... I'm, I'm Googling this because yeah. uh, Sp- Spanish, yeah. football, backers, because I'm a little bit out of my league. The, the gentleman we had from the Daily Mail yeah. said that um, the banks were involved in it, right. yes.
1: But right. well, what, I'm, what I can't understand then, get my head round, is that if the banks can find a hell of a lot of money there, then why can't the banks have helped their people or Spain or sort out things? Because I tell you what, if they ask for any more money from me in my taxes, you know, I think I'll stand up there and say no because you're spending it all on a footballer. It it does seem odd. They
0: are struggling over there and there's a huge rate of unemployment. I think it's 50% youth unemployment or something like that. And
1: a lot of the Spanish uh, youngsters are coming over here for jobs because they can't get jobs in their own country.
0: Sheila, would you go nuts if you earned quarter of a million pounds a week?
1: Um... I expect him. They might go off the rails. I don't know, but I think it's a stupid. It's a stupid amount of money.
0: Mm. Are we it's not just? Are we not just a bit jealous?
1: No, uh, no, I'm not jealous because I don't think money always brings happiness. I'm going
0: to tell you something. That I'm, I'm. I'm always slightly loath to uh, to reveal bits about my private life. I'm going to tell you about a, a, years ago. I used to work on TV. I had a little bit of a profile. And for one evening's work, I hosted the Q Awards. Yeah, that's right. I hosted the Q Awards one year, which is a big thing. For one evening's work. It was about two hours, Sheila. Mm. 10,000 of your Earth pounds for two hours' work. Now, there's no. Uh, and I, w- when I was told that, I laughed out loud. I said, there's no way we can justify asking for that. And we asked for it and we got it. Uh, I- I- is that acceptable? Because that's a ridiculous amount of money. Five grand an hour? That's
1: crazy. Well, I think it's like everything. You get good salaries and then you have problems like we have now and the salaries all go down. But I just, you know, to my way of thinking, it's the fact that someone said, oh, the bankers were yeah. uh, behind them. And I'm thinking there's the bankers turning around and saying, oh, we're running out of money or we haven't got this or we haven't got that and we can't do any help. But they can afford to, shall we say, buy a footballer. Yes. That's what I don't... See. The point
0: of Sheila, thank you very much indeed. By the way, can I just say that was 12 years ago? I earned that 10 grand for an island. I would do the same gig now for 50 quid. I would do the same gig for 50 quid now. It was a very daunting night. There was, um, uh, who was in the, 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 I nearly touched Christina Aguilera's backside. This is when she was popular. She, I had to, and ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the stage Christina Aguilera. (laughs) (laughs) Imagine that. Me. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the stage Jarvis Cocker. Here's Scott Walker. There's me doing all of that. It's mental, isn't it? That's what my life used to be like. Here's that bloke from The Cure. I wasn't so impressed with that, but he was, he, the bloke from The Cure was there and he came and shook my hand afterwards. Anyway, by the by. Now, you'll remember a while back we told you that this year's Christmas lights in Luton were under threat because the council were not sure whether they had enough money to fund them. Well, it turns out they've been saved by one of the biggest employees in Luton, EasyJet. The airline has provided sponsorship for the lights, meaning Luton will definitely have lights this Christmas. Hugh Aitken is the commercial manager for EasyJet and joins me now. Hugh, when did you find out that the council was struggling to fund this year's Christmas lights?
8: Morning, Ian. We first found out on the BBC News website um, earlier this year that there was a risk to them. And after that, we EasyJet thought, right, well, I wonder if this is an opportunity for us. Make sure that Luton still has its Christmas. So what happens? You read this on a website and, and what, an email gets sent round? Do, do you
0: have a meeting or something and say, look, how, can, we, can we pitch in here, guys? Well, how does that, that kind of thing work?
8: Yeah, sure. Well, we're speaking to Luton County Camp- uh, and also we work very with the Love Luton Campaign and it came up in part of regular discussions with them that this might be an opportunity we Please.
0: Hugh, listen. We're gonna we're gonna have to let you go because the line for some reason is is pretty poor. We'll see if we can get you back on another line. But the line there was 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 dropping out. I, if it had been a little bit less, I could have uh, stayed with it. But I think we were losing the the meaning slightly. I do worry that. Mean, are we gonna have orange lights in Luton this group Will it be an orange Christmas? Is that what you're dreaming of? Really. Hey, listen! It's good. It's happening. It's good. It's happening. And to be honest, I don't really care who uh, who is sponsoring. I'm a big. I'm a sucker for Christmas lights. I'm a sucker for them. Although I don't like it when they they can be up for months. Sometimes they can be up as uh, April the next year. No, 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 no. After after New Year, we take them down. Please, can we? Can we do that? 084594 double five five double five is the telephone number. We'll see if we can get Hugh back, but um, if we can't, it's not the end of the world. We'll, we'll have a quick look at the front pages, shall we? That was the life that was, oh dear, really, Daily Telegraph? David Frost, the veteran broadcaster, has died of a heart attack at the age of 74 on the Queen Elizabeth cruise ship where he was to give a speech. Uh, it's a show like David Frost. He's one of those people that you kind of... If you remember him just from through the keyhole, then you are missing out on a whole... Um, have you seen the movie frost nixon or nixon frost frost nixon nixon frost frost nixon have you seen it the interviews themselves there are moments of brilliance within them but they, they're very very there's hours of them and and so they, they can be a little bit tedious the film when the film was t- someone was trying to oh you got to see frost nixon it's about the uh, david frost richard nixon interviews all right yeah oh yeah i'm really going to spend an hour and a half watching that i watched it on an airplane which is the best place to watch a film because of the high altitude you feel a bit emotional it's my excuse it was brilliant it's a brilliant film uh, Daily Telegraph as well. Pressure on Cameron for new vote on Syria strikes. JVS is talking about that after nine. I kind of think you had your vote. You blew it. You didn't get your way. You don't get another vote. It's not how it works. Uh, sarin, sarin, sarin nerve gas used by Syria says Kerry. US could go ahead with bombing of regime even if Congress votes against um there we go let's have a little look at the independent more about david frost Uh, and government let british company export nerve gas chemicals to syria hello hang on a second the government was accused of breathtaking laxity in its arms controls last night After it emerged that officials authorised the export to Syria of two chemical chemicals capable of being used to make a nerve agent sarin last year, didn't we speak to that gentleman last week whose name escapes me, Alistair Burt? Um, And we do have we have we got our I think the question was have we got our hands clean in terms of exporting weapons to uh, uh, Syria? He said, yes, of course we have. Of course we have. are not involved in the slightest. Let me just read this paragraph from the front page of The Independent again. The government was accused of breathtaking laxity in its arm controls last night after it emerged that officials authorised the export to Syria of two chemicals capable of being used to make a nerve agent such as sarin a year ago. The Business Secretary, Vince Cable, will today be asked by MPs to explain why a British company was granted export licences for the dual-use substances for six months in 2012, while Sil- Syria's civil war was raging and concerns were rife that the regime could use chemical weapons. Oh, hello? The disclosure of the licences for potassium fluoride and sodium fluoride, which can both be used as a precursor chemicals, um, came as the US Secretary of State, John Kerry. The Department for Business, Innovation and Skills, there's a Department for Skills? Insisted that although the licences were granted to an unnamed UK chemical company in January 2012, the substances were not sent to Syria before the permits were eventually revoked last July. In a previously unpublished letter to MPs last year, Mr Cable acknowledged that his officials had authorised the export of an unspecified quantity of the chemicals in the knowledge that they were listed on an international schedule of chemical weapon precursors. Ladies and gentlemen, we are floating in space. Ah, Hugh, you're back! Hi there. Uh, Hugh, we can hear you better. Hugh Aiken uh, from EasyJet, the commercial manager for EasyJet, uh, who is sponsoring the Christmas lights. Good, I'm glad we got you back. Uh, so the Christmas lights are going to happen. W- are yeah. they going to be orange this year, Hugh?
8: Well, I'm sure there'll be a bit of orange in there. There always is. But um, we'll certainly make sure there's a little bit of orange in there and helps brighten up Luton this Christmas.
0: Uh, you're one of the biggest employees in Luton. You must be proud to be uh, behind the Christmas lights.
8: Yeah, absolutely. We've been in Luton for 18 years now. It's been our home, and we're proud of that. We're proud of the people we employ here and the contribution we make to the town. We're also involved with Luton Time Football Club, of course, as well. Um, so, you know, it's, it's natural. This is part of what we want to be doing and, and being, being part of the community.
0: And have you spoken to any members of the community about this You have, have people kind of, you know, kind of metaphorically patted you on the back and said thank you?
8: Uh, not yet. We're just announcing this this morning, of course. So uh, not yet, but you know we'll be. Um, uh, this is just part of our commitment to Luton. So you know we look, we want to look for these opportunities, and we want that as, as being part of Luton more than anything else. And that's what we want to get out of these.
0: And is it true that some of your your uh, cabin crew are often a jolly today?
8: Not at all, we've got cabin crew flying out of Luton to close to 40 destinations today um, We had a couple of our cabin crew down in the town hall Getting our picture with Santa, um, which is um, being published today of course And just as part of us launching our sponsorship of the Christmas lights this year
0: Now hang on Hugh, was it the real Father Christmas or, or one of those blokes dressed up as him?
8: Well, there only is a real Father Christmas, Ian
0: you, know, you, you, so, you answered the trick question correctly Hugh Aitken, well done Commercial manager for EasyJet who are sponsoring the Christmas lights I think fantastic it's great news, isn't it? Isn't it? I, like, I do like a good Christmas light. We'll stop banging on about Christmas now. I know it's, it's only the 2nd of September, and we've already steamed in perhaps a little bit too early on the Christmas, so I thought that was kind of a nice story to look at. Last 15 minutes of the show, we'll be hearing from our reporter, Kelly Betts, who has been dropping litter all over Lucent. Did anybody have a go? 08459 four double five five double five. And c- can you justify £86 million for Gareth Bale? Can anybody really justify that much money? Or are we all perhaps just just a little bit jealous of the gentleman for doing well in life <laughs> always worth a listen he says what he thinks says old roberto and that's got to be good hasn't it it's got to be good isn't it not a little bit dangerous but well done for him uh, now uh, this weekend well th- today we've been asking would you have a go Hmm. the reason is Catherine Boyle was out with her mum and well we'll you tell the story Catherine what happened
2: we were in the park and as usual we had to litter pick before we could use the swings not me and my mum we had some children with us mine not random children Okay. Um, so she was a bit fed up anyway so she went round and picked up all the litter from the kids who'd been into the local supermarket and filled their boots with all kinds of sort of donuts and soft drinks and things like that and some harder drinks too Uh, so mum had done this and uh, was then playing with the children and then some teenage girls came in and started an ad hock picnic with a great big um, shopping bag full of donuts and soft drinks. That's fine. Then Mum saw them out of the corner of her eye starting to chuck litter
22: she said, Oh, I'm not having
2: this. Oh will leave it, Mum. I'm not having this, I'm going in. Please, uh, no, too good late. She'd gone in and she said very calmly and very nicely, listen girls, I've had to do a bit of a litter pick round here to let the children play. You know, my little granddaughters couldn't play until I'd picked up all the litter. When you finished your picnic, would you mind putting them back into that shopping bag and putting them in the bin that's just there? Yeah. And could you pick that up as well, love? I just saw you throw it. And they out. stabbed her. And they said, I'm really sorry, Mrs. Yo.
0: You go, you see, fantastic.
2: Well done. You how old's your mum? My mum is um, a bit older than Madonna. 70. <laughs> no, a bit younger than that. Okay. Well, that's, bri- that's
0: brilliant. Well done, her. She's
2: brilliant. I was rubbish. I stood back with the children just yep. in case it kicked yep. off.
0: So I wasn't with her. And no trousers. Literally no trousers today. And we need to have a chat about that <laughs> after the show. We, uh, as a result of that, we we sent Kelly Betts out today who is uh, uh, kind of, you know, th- our re- reporter. Uh, and you, what have you been doing, Kelly Betts?
6: Nobody could see you do that. What you just did.
0: Well, no one saw you do it.
6: Yeah, but you
0: know okay they can hear it I'm, okay. I'm good at con- okay. my voice is my fortune got you. okay
6: so I've been out dropping litter to yep. see if anybody would tell me off
0: people can see you doing that
6: no they can't <laughs> only Kat can and she loves it um, so people yeah I've been out seeing what what people do if I drop litter in front of them if you, you want me to lean over and press I'll bit? do it alright this one Yep. here we go so here I go then I'm walking down the streets of Luton I've got my chocolate bar wrapper with me it was delicious, by the way. I'm gonna drop it in front of somebody and see if they tell me to pick it up. Okay, so there's two women in front of me, one man to the side, a couple of people behind me. I'm gonna drop the litter now. No one said anything. It's got quite busy. I'm just walking through loads of people. I can't do it. I'm too scared to drop the litter. I'm too scared of getting told off. I'm not gonna do it. I'll do it. I'll, I'll walk past again and do it then. Okay, the litter has dropped.
5: Um, excuse me, are you going to pick that up? Sorry, what? Are you going to pick the litter up?
6: Yeah, yeah, I'll pick that up. Why did you tell me to pick up the litter?
5: Because you're leaving rubbish on the floor and you're making a mess in the litter. It's pretty messy anyway, so we should look after it.
6: Okay, there's a woman in front of me. There's a man to the side of me. There's a couple of people ahead, but they're sort of looking in my direction. There's my chocolate litter. Excuse
7: me, can you pick that up, please? Can we pick
6: that up? Okay. Why did you ask me to pick that up? You shouldn't drop litter on the floor. Sorry. <laughs> I can't hold off. Well, when I dropped litter then, you just stood there and you allowed me to drop it. Why didn't you tell me off?
4: Well, I don't know. It's up to you, really. But then some people would say that if you dropped it, then you're creating a job for somebody else to pick it up.
6: So you think it's, it's almost a good thing if I drop litter, so that it gives someone a job to pick it up?
4: Yeah, because we pay our council the tax and stuff like that, so we give them a job.
6: Oh, okay. So we should litter?
4: No, not too much. As much as, I, just a little bit, less it. Uh, we've got people in place who will pick it up anyway, so, so...
6: So shall I just leave it there? It's up to you, really. Okay, I'm going to walk off and just leave it there. No, I can't, I can't, I have to pick it, up. Can you pick it up. Hi, I'm from Three Counties Radio. Are you picking up litter this morning? What would you do if I just dropped it on the floor and then walked past, like that? You wouldn't do anything? He just left it and he's picking up litter. Why didn't you pick that up? Is it because you don't want to talk to me?
14: we have been doing this job 10 years, I mean, I just... Pick up many anyway. you walk while, I'll pick it up.
6: So you wouldn't have said to me, "Oh, you're going to pick that up?" No, not really. You just left it. Yeah. Do you like it when people drop litter? Not really. Gives you something to do. Yeah, that's
10: right. Yeah. yeah. So you just drop your you pick it
8: up, please?
6: Oh, did I drop that? Oh, sorry. Thank you. I don't know how people can drop litter. It's terrifying. I've been told off about three times. I haven't even had the guts to drop litter half the time that I've been out. What I have been doing is picking up litter that I see instead. I'll bring in to you, Ian, what I find.
0: That was rubbish. Smell my
6: bag. Oh, no. You smell b- it. Please smell it. Smell that. That's
0: oh, jeez. Cool. So this is all stinky. the
6: litter that I've collected.
0: So you, uh, for you, bag for. you genuinely felt bad about dropping litter? Yeah,
6: I was terrified.
0: Uh, the, the, the people were spontaneously coming up to you and saying, Stop, drop yeah, the, don't drop yeah. that litter. See, that's brilliant. I yeah. thought we'd get nothing. I thought we, we'd, we, you we would come back and we'd go, oh, broken Britain. No one gives us stuff. Uh, 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 but, but people were coming up to you and having a go.
6: Yeah, it was horrible. Some people were just leaving it. Just They were they watched me do it and gave mm. me a little look, which uh, I felt was almost worse than a telling off.
0: Yeah. Um, what was that guy banging on about... Dropping a little bit of litter is okay.
6: Yeah, because it gives the street cleaner something to do.
0: So we're, we're, by doing that, we are creating jobs. Yeah. Well, thanks very much
6: no, for coming no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm well, going to put a picture of this uh, this litter that I collected on Facebook and Twitter. Re- you
0: really don't need to. Why? I mean, what, what, w-
6: People love to look at bags of litter, don't they?
0: Um,
6: Honestly, I've collected so much. Uh,
0: Ken, Ken's in, Ken is in Luton. Morning, Ken. Morning, Ian. Ken, Ken, would you like to look at a, a, a picture of um, Kelly Betts' uh, bag of litter?
10: Not really. No? doesn't want to look at it. Why don't you send a bloke out?
0: Yeah.
10: And see what reaction you get, then.
0: Oh. Why? Do you think it'll be different?
10: Oh, yes. Yeah? Yes. You send a bloke out, and I bet you very few people will even worry about
0: it do you know what that's not a bad idea next Monday when Justin Dealey is back we'll se- we'll send Dealey out doing the same thing yes yeah we'll se- we'll send him out doing exactly the same thing and when he complains as he will do we'll, well give him your number Ken yeah, well we'll give him your number Ken what if oh, we yeah, send yes, Ken out Ken yeah, well what do you do you ever litter
10: oh no I don't go nowhere to litter
0: no well you're in your bed all the time aren't you on my bed yes 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 well do you not litter by the side of your bed no no T- tied it up the wife clearing up so. uh, don't, don't you think it's it's nice though ken that, seriously that people came up to, to kelly betts and said
10: oi pick it up yes i'm i'm thrilled about it ian but it's not reality you'd go round our park yeah i mean the footballers leave a a load of rubbish after
0: they've played football yeah and know, cricketers do. And well, cricketers, will, judging by the England cricket team, they leave a big pile of wee-wee by the wickets. When I used to walk my dog round the park
7: yes.
10: uh, on my scooter, I used to pick the litter up and mm. that sort of thing, yeah. you know, or glass, that's mm. the worst bit, yeah. when they had a few smashed bottles in yeah. the park and uh, kids had to walk the school around it and everything. And you'd be surprised after a weekend, mate, you'd think a bomb had hit the park. Being fair to the park keepers, they do a fantastic job. It's all gone by the dinner time. You know, so that whole idea that's going to make the street cleaners redundant, all think again.
0: Uh, just just a, on a little side issue, Ken, you yeah. heard Kelly Betts' report there. She is just uh, filling in for Justin Dealy. Any feedback for her?
10: Not really. What's he what's she dropping?
0: What, what were you dropping, Kelly, is Ken's feedback?
6: Uh, it was a Kit Kat wrapper. Other chocolate wrappers are available. Why did you
10: smash a bottle on the path? Good question, actually. Good point. Yeah.
0: it's a good point, Ken. Well, not
10: do it properly. Do it in style. Yeah, get them all clean or something to do. Yeah.
0: Ken, did you think Kelly Betts was any
10: good? Oh, yeah, I thought she was quite good. Mark's... I mean, as I
0: say. Yes. Mark's is out... Them, uh, mark's they, out they, of... They, yes. Mark's out of ten. Five. Oh Five.
10: Yeah. It's not t- really out, You'll have to give him a crash helmet.
0: Health and safety. How many marks out of ten would you give Justin? Well, I'll wait and see. OK. Ken, thank you very much indeed. It's uh, really uh, slowed the pace of the show to... A, 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 a barely, barely a crawl there, Kelly. Thanks very much. Thanks. Out you go. So what
6: should I do with
0: this? Give just it to Ken. back on the street. Yeah, just go and chuck it out the front. <laughs> OK. All
6: right. Bye, yeah.
0: Ian on BBC Three Counties Radio. I think we've, I think we've just about managed to get away with, uh, with the show this morning. Just about. Uh, don't forget, you can. Oh, there's a new podcast up. A new podcast goes up every Friday at about one, two o'clock. And if you go to iTunes or the uh, BBC Three Counties homepage, you'll find the link for the podcast there. Chris, thank you very much. Excellent stuff today. That's it. Don't forget, if you want to get in touch with a story, a couple of stories today that have come from you, send me an email: uk JVS is up next. Until tomorrow, from me, ta-ta.
2: Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks.
11: This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Ian.